Captain Crew Cast Pods. I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight, my other co-hosts, Bill. Hello! Cat! Hi! That was louder <laughs> than most weeks, that's better. Fetch! Hello! Kenny! I wanted to say hi in a different language, but I only speak this one. <laughs> and joining us tonight, we have a special guest from Next Level Radio, Ben Beck. Nanu! Nanu. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of like fitting too. Me and Cat decided to binge watch through all of the crazy ones in the past like week and a half. It was a good show. It was really oh my God, good. It's so it was really good. good. So, um, well, real quick, before we started the normal show, I know you said you wanted to jump in really quick <laughs> about a couple things. I had a couple notes from the past couple podcasts I've listened to. Uh, first off, um, to the entire group, the Lost finale, uh, if you didn't, if you hated it, you didn't get it. That's my note on that. I never um, saw it. To, to, <laughs> stopped. We, yeah, we gave to up. Cat, uh, Arrow Season 3 was not nearly as bad as you guys made it out to be. Oh, no, 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 no. I, did, I still, I still hold, hold, hold my thoughts on that. And to Kenny, I am on your side about Furious 7. Thank you! It was a, it was a fun movie. What? It was brilliant, and the only people that say no to it are people that have never it watched was a, it. I have seen all the movies. It was a fun movie. It was. It was brilliant. I am Thank totally you. on your Thank side. You. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Had to bring that up. So let's start the show the way we start every other show. So my question for everybody today is this. Would you rather get transported to either Oz or Wonderland? And I'm going to start tonight with Besh. Wow. That's a <laughs> terrible idea. Um, I'm going to approach this right off the bat from the angle of how I want to be lied to. Because when you look at it either way, you're being lied to, right? That's true. Now, in Oz, you're being lied to externally. Okay, I mean, the wizard is not really a wizard. The straw man, not, you know, that, that, that whole thing is one gigantic bundle of lies. And a small murder at the very beginning. Um, whereas Wonderland... Homicide and lies, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's murders and lies, murders and lies, and then tiny little people. <laughs> Wonderland is all internalized, right? Because again, I, I've said this before. I think before you know this even started, it's a, it's an allegory for just the most wonderful of drugs uh, or most horrible of drugs, whichever you want to do. <laughs> Mixture both. Yeah, but I mean, everything that, that that happens is a result of things that have been imbibed. You know, so the lie is coming from the inside, whereas in Oz, the lie is coming from the outside. So I would rather get tr- transported to Wonderland. Okay. Because to me, I'd rather see what my brain's coming up with interpreting things around me than having people on the outside, you know, throwing things at me. Fair. If that makes any sense at all. Okay. How about you, Kat? Um, I'd go with Wonderland. While I think both are interesting, Oz is more clear-cut, where, you know, there's the good and the bad, whereas Wonderland is just some weird fuckery, and it's... (laughs) And I guess, um, with Wonderland, at least, like... You can kind of slip in with the nonsense. Right. And yes, it's it's dicey. And Oz might be easier, but I think Wonderland would be more interesting. Okay, that's fair. Kenny. See, I'm going to go the opposite approach and say I would much rather, I think, go to Oz. Because I'm looking at Wonderland and going, there's dangerous fuckers in Wonderland. Now, there's some dangerous people in Oz, but how many? How many, really? The Wicked Witch is dead. The master magician behind the curtain turned out to be no threat at all. You could basically go in there and take over the fucking country. It's run by people that barely come up to your waist. One kick and they're down. And if I can bring something from our homeland, I bring some bananas? 
all flying monkeys are on my side. The <laughs> entire army. They will call me the banana god. This would be an amazing thing. So between going to Wonderland where everything's kooky, weird, there's mad hatters and like like red queens trying to chop off your head, or going to Oz and running everything, I'm going to take the one where I'm in charge instead of the one where I'm dead. So yeah. I, I, think, I think I'll go with Oz as well. But not the Oz that you're thinking of or you're describing. I'm going to go to the Oz before everything went to shit and got all wicked. Ding. I forgot my bell again. <laughs> but so, yeah, I'm going to go to Oz before everything went to shit. Um, where, you know, animals can actually stand on two legs and talk to you and teach college you know, level classes. And you can learn magic and do awesome things. That's fair. Can yeah. I interject for half a second? I thought you were going to be like, you know, not the Oz you're thinking of, the prison Oz. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go get shanked. And I seriously thought you were going there. I was like, holy shit, what's about to come out of the Or you could just be going to Dr. Oz. Um, yeah, okay, so Ben. <laughs> really? Your pun was fine, but... <laughs> um, I, so I have two questions when it comes to this particular question. One, when you say transported, do we mean permanently or can we come back? Because that might change my I'm answer. Saying permanently. I'm saying the answer is permanent. That's how I took this question. Now, my other question is... You are can there... get back if there is, if you do know the absolute correct portals back from those okay. lands. Because they both are crazy match plans with ways in and out of them. So, now my other question but... is, are there any wardrobes that will transport me to Narnia once I get to these <laughs> Oh my places? god, I want to go to Narnia. Because then I would just, always... I would go the backdoor route to Narnia through Oz or through Wonderland. But if there's not, I would actually probably have to say Oz, and of the same Oz that Kenny's thinking of, where everything's already happened, the Wicked Witch is dead. But I'm looking at it from a real estate point of view. <laughs> because everybody else is thinking Yellow Brick Road, but if you follow the Red Brick Road, everything's been annihilated by the Wicked Witch. So there's plenty of land to develop. So you're saying <laughs> Richard Donner-esque Lex Luthor land grab scheme. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> I will become the Lex Luthor of Oz. That's a really, cause, and you think if you're going to build the houses, they only have to be half the height because of the short little fuckers. Except for mine. Yeah. Except for yours. Exactly. And you can make them build it for you because slave labor. <laughs> so yeah, I will pretty much become the Lex Luthor of Oz. Actually, the funny thing is, too, I'm going to take it from um, the video game aspect of looking at this a little bit, too. So I, my brain thinks like one person specifically. American Mickey. American Mickey had Alice, but he also had a Oz game that was in development that never came out. And I saw how crappy and creepy and twisted that that Oz was, I'd rather take his Alice any day of the week over what he was doing to Oz. What was that weird fucked up Oz movie you tried to make me watch too? I would never want to go to ah, that Oz. That was the other that thing was I was going to bring up. Muppets Wizard of Oz? No, no, no. no, no. Ooh, so, did not see the, <laughs> the, I think early 90s, well, no, late 80s, Feruza Balk starring Return to Oz. It's which was fucked. With uh, oh. Princess Mumby that took off people's heads and had all the interconnecting heads with, like... I've seen it. It's been King. years, Ben. It, it is a really, yeah. really, really fucked up movie. And that Oz was only a matter of years after The Wicked Witch. Mm -hmm. And that scares the fuck out of me. That was a really traumatic... That was one of those, like, <laughs> traumatic childhood movies. He tried making me watch, watch it. I'm like, I don't want it. It's so <laughs> creepy. So... Like, I found that creepier than a lot of the Alice in Wonderland Yeah, that was, like, too. the Wheelers and all the other creepy characters that were in that. And mm -hmm. that was really jacked up. And that was also based off of uh, the original doll stuff. So, like, yeah. that was that was his version of Oz. And I'm like... So, that for me, I'm like, eh, no, I can't do that. The American McGee Oz, that was terrifying, too. So... I'd rather take all the warped, twisted, fucked up versions of Wizard, uh, like Alice in Wonderland, even like the 
crazy 1985 TV made for TV with Carol Channing. I'll take that that horrible future over yeah. uh, over any of the other ones. So, um, so moving out of that though, um, there's one thing that we definitely need to touch on really quick, and it's a little chunk on doing some video game discussions. Me and Bill, after the last show, were at Too Many Games, which was just a matter of a couple days after the last podcast. Um, so we got to actually hang out at that con for, Bill got to be there all three days, I was just there for the two. Um, but we played a obscene amount of board games there. Um, we did. We did. We played a obscene amount of board games, which were mainly, uh, I think they were all like indie games that we really played, um, which were fantastic. It was great to see these people coming out and just, you know, contributing their original ideas, things that they want to get working and want to get rolling, and it was just kind of refreshing. To see people with these, you know, great ideas come out, try to promote their stuff, and that they were so passionate about what they were doing. And there was a lot of fully local developers there, too. Mm -hmm. Um, What were the people who did Knuckle Sandwich? Because that was really fun. Knuckle Sandwich was um, ninth level games. Uh, those are the creators of a RPG that's a spinoff for D&D called Cobalt Ate My Baby. That's really, really well known. Uh, But yeah, Knuckle Sandwich is based out of that universe. And they have another game coming up that's uh, that we didn't get to play, but we did get to see moving called Schrodinger's Cats. We play different versions of cat physicists trying to solve the Schrodinger theory. So it's how many cats are in a box, and you can keep bidding up on how many cats are in it, and if yeah. they're dead or alive. It's a bullshit and, game. It's and awesome. it's the whole idea is to call BS on somebody, and their BS is bad science. Yeah. But there's also the Heisenberg principle that put, goes into effect in the game and changes and fucks up everything. So, really um, so now every now right. and then you get collectors editions of games where they like upgrade the pieces and they make them really cool. Is this game going to come with actually dead cats? <laughs> yes, you're going to open the box and they just won't be there. You're not going to know that until you open the box. <laughs> Maybe that's, there's a lot that's of cats. That's the cat upgraded edition. They send you a box and there's a 50-50 chance of whether they put cat food in the box. No. To make the cat survive. No. There's a 100% chance that the cat is both alive and dead in that box well, until, you, until you open it. And collapse the waveform. Yeah. Actually, yeah, actually, that'd be a really good like little marketing thing for them to have is... Just put a dead cat in a box? No. Yes. <laughs> just take like, a plush, Please, a plush God, cat no. with a Velcro removable head. One is the, the dead cat face and the other one is the alive cat face. That's good. Oh, Rob just wants a game where you can literally rip the head <laughs> off a cat. <laughs> Dog lovers everywhere enjoys. So, but we, there was a lot of uh, local Philly folks there too for um, designers. Um, the guys that created Maha Shoujo, which was a uh, magical girl uh, dueling deck card game that was seemed pretty amusing that Bill got to play. It was fun if you like Sailor Moon or any of the other magical many magical girl animes out there. But it also kind of like it was a bit of a spoof on it too. But it also took it seriously at the same time. A little bit, and it was also you know they made it they made sure that it was quick and easy to play. Uh, really trying to, to to break the mold of what you would what you normally think of as the gamer, which is you know the teenage to twenty year old guy, you know I don't want to say living in their parents' basement, but they're trying to you know they're trying to get girls into gaming because we all need you know we need more people to get into gaming. We need everybody to get into gaming. Every single person ever. Exactly, and that's Gear Fox Games that makes that stuff. And I think their entire idea for the games that they make is. Um, girl, uh, games for girl, like girls is what they're kind of pushing, which is pretty cool. Uh, the other big Philly, uh, guys Philly group. play it too. Well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. they wanted to play it. it. Uh, Did, didn't you say it was like Sailor Moon yeah. style art? So you're yes. basically saying this is a game not for guys, but to empower women, and we're gonna put 
little images of scantily clad anime women on a car. No, no, it's no. it's it's done tastefully. It's not like, but it's anime. No, it's a, it's not even... Kenny version anime. Anime and tasteful don't go together. <laughs> there is a lot of anime. Kenny, Kenny you're more anime than Ninja Scroll. I, I Ninja disagree. Scroll is amazing. Don't you dare say a bad word about that movie. Brilliant. There is so much best, more than Ninja Scroll, Best Kenny. anime ever. I know there's Wicked City, and there's Ghost in the Shell. I've never gotten past Pokemon. <laughs> I'm going to show you a clip from, from Ninja Scroll. I, I'm not an anime person. No, I only really had one question. Uh, uh, from you guys' experience, I know you've gone several years in a row now. This is, this is definitely a growing... Yeah, uh, this, this is, this is very much a growing convention. Uh, uh, the, how how are the numbers been impacted over the years? Do you uh, think? I don't know their what their the amount of people that are coming in and out of the door, but I would say this that I know Friday night's slower, but they do that kind of for a reason. That that convention does a their Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but Friday is only available to people that buy a three day pass. So you can More only press. Go, um, you can do, go in as press that day, yeah. but um, it's only people with three day passes. So if you're coming in for a one day event, you can't go on Friday. So that kind of helps people, especially because it's also a game collector show. So if you're somebody that's really avid and looking for collectibles, you have a better chance of finding what you're looking for on a Friday. Also sounds like probably the the, uh, the, the people there that are vending have a, a much better chance of connecting with serious collectors over people that are just there in like a, a museum kind so of like, a feel. You know, and like, a lot of those, oh, we just want to look around. A lot of those uh, sellers too, the vending people also do buy and sell. Uh, so so they're also buying a lot of stuff. Usually I was, was kind of bummed because I... Uh, through Next Level, we actually got pressed to the event. And I was supposed to go, but I didn't realize at the time that the weekend kind of clashed for with the weekend that I had three concerts scheduled Ooh. to go to. That oh, week wow. I had to go to Rush and two Dave Matthews Band concerts. Nice. <laughs> and I wasn't, I'm not really as into gaming as you guys, so I was looking forward yeah. to going to kind of expand my horizons about it a little bit, and then unfortunately I couldn't go. So, but, but yeah, definitely check so it out. Next year, I'm, next year I'm going to go. Um, I'll make sure my concerts are not scheduled that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell the artist, no, move it. <laughs> Moving but uh, next the, weekend. The other, the other big uh, group that we really should uh, bring up though is uh, at least Cardboard Fortress. Um, I will say this: just go over to the website. By the time this is out, there's going to be a page under our special events section that should be twenty uh, two uh, too many games twenty fifteen. Just click on that; you'll see all of our articles uh, linked up on there. Um, make sure you check them out; they're all interviews and kind of quick write ups and sent like with links to like, taking you know, wherever you need to find stuff. But Cardboard Fortress kind of they took our best developer and game of the show. Um, and honestly, I, we could have, it probably would have been games of the show. Um, they had, uh, I'll let Bill start off with the one, because he definitely had a, a, a more of a favorite ever I did, but I loved it just the same. I, the, so the first game we, we played was Resistor, and if you've read anything about my, you know, review of it, or listened to the, uh, the interview we did, it's, it's all about hacking, it's about, you're a supercomputer, and you're hacking your opponent, trying to lower their DEFCON level, so you can actually launch your nukes at them without them launching back at you. It felt very much like War Games, which, after I, you know, played Resistor, went home, and was like, I need to watch War Games. <laughs> and I mentioned this to them after we were playing it, and they were like, we love War Games too! Oh, that's awesome. And, of course, the colors are red and blue, which, you know, Americans and Soviets. It was just, it was a, it was a harken back to, like, Cold War era stuff, and it really just interesting game where you know you're not just playing with the cards you have in your hand. You're playing with your opponent's cards. You're playing with cards on the board. It there was a lot of interactivity and just really kind of you know an inventive feel. So you're calling it Twilight Struggle Light? 
Twilight Struggle. I don't think I've played Twilight, Twilight Struggle. <laughs> I think they did bring that up as one of their pseudo inspirations. It's a, it's a very, very famous, I believe, on uh, BGG, but for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's BoardGameGeek.com, <laughs> which is kind of like the quintessential board game database on the web. Uh, Twilight Struggle, I think, is still currently number one ranked as the best game. It's but it has a, nothing to do with vampires, right? It has nothing okay, to do with vampires. When you first said that, good. I was and like, it's a, uh, it's a two-player game about the Cold War, where one side takes Russia and one side takes America, and you're playing cards on each other, and you're okay. playing nukes, and you're trying to basically destroy them. This, this also feel, has a little bit of similar feel to Suro, but a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's a path-connecting game. So you're you're trying to connect the path to, from your side to your opponent's side without them connecting back to yours. But there's moves that you have to make even if you have connections that can jack up your own connections. So it's fun. Uh, the other game, uh, real quick, was a game called Cobalts. Um, just uh, the best thing I can say is uh, that was the one that took our game to show. So the best thing I could really recommend is honestly just going to the website, checking that out there. Uh, the game they're they're still shopping around and talking to developers on. So all these games are not out yet, but should be coming soon. Uh, but Cobalt's is a co-op game um, with a whole bunch of heroes attempting to save a town from being overrun by Cobalt's. Very simple premise. Lots of fun to play, though. Um, especially if you like games like Pandemic and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a lot more. This is a little bit more upbeat. A lot more it, fun. It was it was upbeat and fun, and I don't like co-op games normally because I don't like. I mean, I like playing with people, but I don't like playing with people against a game. You know. Beating a game, yeah, it can be satisfying, but I like to beat other people in games. I like the... I'm very competitive when it comes to my gaming. So, But <laughs> Cobalt was a lot of fun, and I'd have to say, I'd go back and play it again, and again, and again, and again. Mm. Hey, Which, Bill? for a co-op game, yes. I, I was thinking, tomorrow night, you want to have a board game night? We'll play Castle Plant Panic, we'll play Elder Sign, we'll play Pandemic. Shadows of Camelot. <laughs> Shadows of Camelot. Well, that has a traitor. Uh, oh, that's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Shadows Over Camelot's fine because there's a traitor. And God, God help me, if I'm the traitor next time we play Shadows of Camelot, you're all fucked. <laughs> but, no. I think I'm busy tomorrow night. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, like I said, the show was a, good, a great time. The other big thing that happened for us is me and Bill got horribly addicted to a game called Pop and Music. Oh, Pop and Music. Bamani, Japanese music rhythm game. So, yeah, you, uh, should, you showed me some, some gameplay from that, and that was, uh. Yeah. And that's Is like it mesmerizing. It's mesmerizing, but I also have never been big on that, so I was kind of yeah. like, huh. Well, cats. I would probably like it. Cat and Kenny are big DDR people too, so it's a. Uh, I love my rhythm games. Person. You guys would absolutely enjoy it. So yeah. I, like it. I would definitely check it out. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I, I love my DDR. I was playing DDR yeah, not DDR. that long ago. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. to move out of too many games, um, but staying in the realm of video games, this is one other big thing, but there's something before that that we didn't know we'd get a chance to talk about tonight. Ben, last night, got to see a movie called Pixels. <laughs> and I texted you last night when you said you just got out of the premiere when I was seeing if you were still coming, and you were like, uh, the question I had for you was, very simple, how bad was it? And my response was, not that bad, actually. Okay. So, not, uh, or not... I forget what my exact response was. I think it was something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. <clears throat> so no, wait, I'd, I'd like to just real quick have a caveat for everyone listening and for us to get a baseline. Could you tell us a video or tell us a game or a movie or something, a movie that you think is good, a movie you think is okay, and a movie you think was bad? Oh my god. Let us, it, let us get a baseline. But are we talking like. In the realm of those kind of movies, or are we just talking in general? In general, any it kind of movie. It could be in general. In general. So but I can tell you, you do it within that realm. So I can tell you, like my absolute all-time favorite movie, yeah, and then 
Yeah. Or like sure. my top three all time favorite. How sure. about this? Do that. How about yeah. this? Your all time favorite movie. And then your worst movie of um, last year. Your, you know, your your favorite dramatic <laughs> your favorite one. dramatic film that maybe not be be your cup of tea, and then your favorite guilty pleasure. Oh boy. Well, those yeah. are so um, specific. All right. Wow. Um, so <laughs> this is off the top. My so. I'll give you my my three all time favorite movies, and they they kind of actually range in genres. Number one is the Shawshank Redemption, all time favorite movie ever. Uh, number film. number two is the Boondock Saints. Okay. Which is actually two of my cats are named Connor and Murphy. Oh, really? that's Manus awesome. Brothers, yeah. Nicely done. Uh, and third is Shaun of the Dead. Yay! Okay. Which is very odd because out of the trilogy of those movies, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End, I actually think World's End has the edge over all of them. But yeah, Shaun of the Dead, being a fan of this, well, you kind of disagree with me. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, <laughs> Hot Fuzz was, See, all fantastic. three of those movies are fantastic. But it's true. I'm not saying any of them are bad, but this is where Bill will get mad at me. Hot Fuzz was third on that list. I all. think it is too, honestly. <laughs> Shaun, Shaun of the Dead, followed by World's End, followed by Hot Fuzz. The door is right over there. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, I, I will I will give you this. World's End, Hot Fuzz is third on my list out of the Cornetto trilogy, and... It moved up closer to second, even though it's still in third, because I went to the screening of World's End that I went to. Uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. I think you were there. Was, you were I there. Was at that Kenny was there. Yeah, I was hosting uh, that. Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, and Edgar Wright were there doing a and A afterwards, and they showed Hot That's Fuzz awesome. before World's End. So I got to experience Hot Fuzz in a theater full of Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy fans, which made that movie so much more like. I, I'm, I can imagine there, there's, there's a level of jealousy that I ha- have throughout my life, and I think it's a way above that right now. <laughs> so, I mean, and those guys in, during the Q&A were hysterical, and they were fantastic. Yeah, they were really good. Um, and then Kenny hooked me up with the poster to The World's End, which is yes. hanging up on the wall in my apartment, uh, which actually has room next to it for Hot Fuzz and nice. Shaun of the Dead. I just haven't gotten them yet. Um, but yeah, those are my top three favorite movies. Uh, I can tell you the movies that I absolutely can't stand, even though I've never seen them, are Twilight. I want nothing to do with them. uh, Because they're not vampires. They're They're not. Apologies to anybody who might be this. They're they're gay emo kids with uh, skin trouble. Uh, that's pretty much it. Because I'm sorry, if you if you sparkle in the sunlight and you don't sleep with your girlfriend, you're not a vampire, you're gay. Um, Damn. Wow. uh, Guilty Pleasures. Uh, Armageddon. And Independence really? Day. Nice. Independence yeah. Day was Independence good. Independence Day, I love that movie. I love, I love when we say Armageddon is still a guilty pleasure. Oh, I don't know why. I'll give you that yeah. as a guilty pleasure. It's, yeah. um, guilty pleasure. Well, I'll give you my biggest guilty pleasure. and I love this movie to death. Uh, Galaxy Quest. That is That's not a guilty pleasure. That's, That's a good comedy. comedy. That's an amazing That is a great comedy. Um, okay, well then I'll give you a true guilty pleasure. I don't know if it's a movie that anybody's seen. I actually watched it again today at work. Uh, Down Periscope. Yes. Uh, with yes, Kelsey yes. Grammer. Uh, and Harlan Williams and mm-hmm. Rob Schneider, that Lauren yeah, Holly, yeah. that movie is love it. No, actually, yeah, I was watching was it not that long ago, so yeah. it's okay. See, based on what you just said, I'm going to go see Pixel. Okay. So, well, okay. I was okay. believing the negative hype, but I mean, it's <laughs> based on what he just said, I want to get a job where he is because he just watches movies all day at work. <laughs> Now, now you, you did say you did say the movies that you absolutely hate, but you've never seen them. What about a movie that you've actually seen that you you've actually sat through and said, and at the end of it, said, All right. "Why the fuck do I? I, I need my two hours back." I'm probably gonna get a lot of high, a lot of negative criticism for this, and it's something that we I was probably gonna talk about later on. But a movie that I saw 
that I cannot stand, there's so many issues with this movie, is Man of Steel. I have so many problems with that movie, growing up on Superman, and mm -hmm. I, I hated it. I, I even oh. watched it again to give it a second chance to see if yeah. maybe I was missing something. I hated it just as much. I didn't so, think it was great, but I didn't I enjoyed hate it. it I'm glad they let Superman like kill someone. Good. But that's not Superman's character. That's because Superman's character sucks. <laughs> I hate the goody two okay, shoes. This is Superman. Right, no. Right, no. Now, right, Captain America. Right, 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 no. Pixels, no. On the pixels. Granted, Sandler hasn't had the greatest track record lately. He hasn't done anything great, in my opinion, since Punch Drunk Happy Love. Punch Drunk Love was really good. Um, Funny People. Love Rain Over, uh, Rain Over Me was a really good movie. Funny People was decent. Um, but, I mean, like, as far as really funny movies, Happy Gilmore, yeah, yeah. Waterboy, he hasn't done anything really great since... Yeah. A long since, time ago. A long yeah. time ago. Um, his dramatic stuff is great. I actually really enjoy his dramatic stuff. But he plays the same character over and over it's again kind of lately. Like Jim Carrey. Of, like, his dramatic work is amazing. And then... Well, yeah, Jim Carrey's yeah, yeah. comedic work oh, was so good in the beginning and then kind of well, slipped yeah, towards yeah. the end. Sandler's been the same way. But lately, out of all the movies he's done, he's played the same character. It's the down in the dumps... Mm -hmm. You know, I need to do something with my life kind of character. That character fit in this movie. It wasn't just something they kind of like wrote into it. This character fit in Pixels. Kevin James as the president. As that was weird, weird bastest uh, turn yeah. off to. When I saw yeah. that in the trailer, I'm like, nope. Don't. However, it's not as bad as you think. They make it work. He's very reminiscent as what it would be if Chris Christie won the presidency. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. Which will oh never, which is a joke, which yeah. is exactly how they play Kevin James as the president. He's not on a segue in this movie, is he? No. Thank God. I liked Paul Blart. It was no. fun. Um, actually, See, that would be considered a guilty pleasure. Actually, one of the, actually, another Kevin James movie that I really enjoy is Here Comes the Boom, which I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen it. I, it's, it's about him becoming a UFC fighter. But he does it, but the story behind it is he there he's a teacher at a school, they're cutting the music program, and yep, the music teacher it. was played by Henry Winkler. So he takes a night job to teach English to or to foreigners. He meets a Russian who used to be a UFC fighter and he realizes he can make like ten grand winning a fight. So this guy teaches him how to be a UFC fighter. But the UFC fully backed the movie. There's a ton of UFC fighters in it. Joe Rogan is in it. U he worked I watched a ton of behind the scenes and he worked his off to train the way a UFC fighter trains. And it's actually really well done. Anyway, back to Pixels. Um, Josh Gad I felt was a little too over the top. It was a little too Josh creepy. Gad was the voice of Olaf, Olaf in person. Oh. And was also in the Book of Mormon. The original. That? Oh, you should. That's oh, such a good play. I will see it. Um, I'll watch anything with Peter F. and Dinklage. I even, how did he come across in that? Because I was unsure just watching previews like his character... Mm -hmm. His character's, had, douche, his character's a douchebag. Okay. Did you see that him theory, in Knights of Badass? Yes, I love Knights of Badass. Because it's amazing. Yes. Oh my god, he's like tripping on shrooms the entire time. And it's <laughs> funny too, like we've actually, through our podcast, we've actually reached out to talk to him. Um, and we spoke to the Game of Thrones rep, and the Game of Thrones rep says he has no PR representative. He oh. does no PR. He does maybe two or three shows a year, and they're all favors. Wow. Like he does the Daily Show because he's friends with Jon Stewart. He does no not, radio. Not a big fan of the limelight, then basically. No, he okay. kind of keeps well, to himself. Down to earth, kind of cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sucks for us because we really well, wanted yeah. to talk yeah. to him. He said, "Down to earth." He's <laughs> he so said, "He's down to earth." 
He belongs in Oz. Yeah, he's definitely not doing your show. No, <laughs> not at all. I didn't say, I didn't say that. Kenny you said, said he belongs in Oz. <laughs> I just said it now. You know. So much for that. But I always, I always call him Peter F. Dinklage. So like, even in the review I wrote for our website for, for Pixels, I call him Peter F. Dinklage. That's awesome. So I liked Pixels, though. I gave it about a 7 out of a 10. It's, see, when I go into a movie, I leave reality out the door. If you don't do that, you're not going to enjoy the movie. You become overcritical, like a review we heard when I first walked in here. <laughs> that, was pretty, yeah, well, that was a pretty extreme yeah. review. Though, yeah. Too, so. um, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was very nostalgic of all the, not just the video game references, but Fantasy Island, Madonna, MTV. Like, there's so many other 80s references 80s in it other than... I, I think um, the biggest thing that confused me very much when they said, we're going to make this a movie, and when I saw what they were doing with it, I'm like, this only speaks to this tiny window of people. And the fact that they made this a movie it was the weird point. Because this is made for people that are in their late 30s, early 40s. But there were a ton yeah. of kids in the screening yesterday who enjoyed it. Okay, that so was, that was it's, a question I had. If, yes. you, if you didn't know the references, would you enjoy You would still movie? enjoy the movie, yes. Yeah. Because the only the there are a ton of references that are kind of hidden in the movie, that, like in the background, that if you're from that generation, you will see and you will get. Uh, but I mean, the main references were Donkey Kong, Centipede, Galaga. Um, I'm trying to think if there were a couple other ones. Space Invaders. Space Invaders and Pong. And I am Cuber. Cuber. And Cuber. Cuber and the dog from Duck Hunt makes ah. a cameo in the movie as well. And I heard Cuberbert is the breakout star of the movie. He is until the end, which kind of sucked. But I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. 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 no spoilers. Best best reference to an old movie, and some of you might know exactly what reference I'm talking to when I say the movie. Wreck It Ralph. Oh my god. That was a damn it's line. A great movie. Awesome. He went, he went to open up his safe and they go, What's the combination? He goes, It's easy. Up, up, down, <laughs> down, left, right, left. And all the adults started laughing in the theater. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. all the kids looked up at us and went, What's so funny? <laughs> but see, I like movies like that. I like movies that kind of that segregate cool. humor. Mm-hmm. They throw the jokes in for the adults and then they throw the jokes in for the kids yeah. too. But the, the jokes for the kids, the adults kind of get. At the same time, and then they have their own little thing. If this movie does anything, it's if it makes a ton of money, all it, it does is it opens up the window for hey, video games shouldn't start invading movies. Didn't Mortal Kombat already? Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Resident Evil yeah. and Super Mario Brothers and Street Fighter, and Street Fighter <laughs> with Jean Claude Van Damme. One, when's that coming? Ready Player, I cannot wait. Uh, for I Ready Player One, we don't know yet. I still they don't need have to read a that. release date for it. It's good. Yeah, it's I know. I need to read it. It's Very just good. a matter of It's on my Amazon wish list. I saw uh, it. It's Actually, so you know what? Really? Um, yeah. I was going to hit one thing, Maybe but yeah, let's jump into something else too. right now, uh, and then we'll come back full circle into the gaming stuff after Very the break. Um, but because you brought up books, I know one of the things we really kind of wanted to talk about was summer and beach beach reads. Like yeah. it's like more what we're reading right now. Yeah, summer. like summer reading <laughs> and like what what's been a big thing for us that we've been getting through. Um, do you want to start? Getting through, you make it sound like a chore. Actually, I mean, sometimes Interview with the Vampire reads? was a chore. <gasps> Who reads when they have the movies? I'm kidding. <laughs> I read. Um, I mean, Interview Facebook with the Vampire posts. got a little bit chore-ish <laughs> after a while. But, <laughs> but actually... How far in are you? Hold on. Oh, I finished it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Um, no, the, my started? issue with... I haven't yet. Um, uh, I'm taking you. a break in between. It's... You know, no disrespect to Inverus. I actually think the story itself was interesting, but the prose was really slow. Like, the pacing was I was going to say, slow. what did you think of her writing style? It was very slow. Because that's, I, I described Inverus. And I think a lot of it, 
Um, and it's just not my, like, the style I enjoy reading, really, is what it is. Like, I don't like overly descriptive or where they, like, kind of dwell on a lot of that stuff as much. I prefer, like, when they speed it up a bit. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, it's also, part of it is it's a bit dated. Like, if you look at what's getting released modern-wise on um, fantasy, it's a little sharper. Like, even reading Rothfuss, like, he's descriptive, but he's sharp. He has a lot of Very, economy with yeah. his words, whereas she would use, like, several sentences to describe the same thing. And that's my issue with the... So she was George R.R. R. Martin before George R.R. <laughs> R. R. Martin started writing. Gotcha. <laughs> and so, um, but no, I just recently started reading uh, Genesis of Shannara, which is by Terry Brooks. I don't know if you've ever read him, but shit. No, you know um, what? I've never read any of Terry Brooks stuff. He's honestly. a huge fantasy author, but the reason I'm bringing that up is because the uh, Shannara series is getting picked up next year. Next year is it starting? Uh, yeah. It starts in the fall. It starts in the oh, fall. Oh, seriously? It starts in the fall, and it is going to be on MTV. Okay. Yeah. So. It looks amazing. If or no, does it start in December? I don't know. I'll Actually, you know, I will look it up. It's... Okay. Um, but if you haven't watched the trailer, do yourself a favor if you're a fantasy fan at all. Like, it is beautiful. I can already it tell you right now I'm turned gorgeous. off by anything that is on MTV. You know what? I mean, I watched, um, whatchamacallit, I enjoyed Teen Wolf. That was entertaining. I will say 90% of what's on MTV Most is Most of no it's good. shitty, but... And the only thing, the only reason I'm not saying 100% is because they have, um... Girl code. Hey, remember, remember when we were talking about guilty pleasure? Yeah, a bunch of female comedians talking about like what happens in their lives and things that happen to girls. Yeah, it's, well, they're it's also, a funny show. They're also bringing back Celebrity Deathmatch, so I might actually. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, like if you look at the trailer though, it's beautiful. I'll put it this looks way: freaking one person had has that's in it. Well, two people that are in it have me sold immediately. Oh my god! Yes. Manuel Bennett. Uh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke from Arrow. Yeah. So, and Jonathan, uh, John, uh, John Reese Davies. Okay. Right. Who was playing an elf king, and in the interview, and he, totally, he, and he, he totally made, made, the he made joke. a dig. He's like, he's like, you know what? He's like, you could be an elf prince, like one of my old friends, or you could know, you could just go from a dwarf to being the king of the fucking, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. fucking elves. That's awesome. But the reason I'm excited is like those books, the, like the Wishstones, Shinar, all that stuff, the Shinar series. That was one of my childhood like things. Like I love Terry Brooks. He was a huge influence fantasy wise, and he's been like a huge presence in um, the fantasy like writing world at least for a long time. And so it's really cool that they're. I mean, Game of Thrones really opened that yeah. up with its popularity, but um, it's cool that they're starting to incorporate like old series like that. And See, they are shooting on location in New Zealand. It's and beautiful. The effects oh work so far God. for an MTV show looks fucking gorgeous. So you mentioned John Rhys Davies too, and like I, I go back even further than Lord of the Rings oh, when yeah. it comes I, to John Rhys Davies. Sala. Well, uh, before, well, even before that, I go back to Sliders. Well, yeah. Which I love. There's a series I need to return Sliders to. Sliders is good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, up until about season amazing. four. And then they kind of Is that when they, brought, the when they brought in That's when brother. they brought in the... Well, yeah. Jerry O'Connell <laughs> left and they brought in uh, Charlie. So what is uh, some other books for people right now that they're, they've either recently finished up or that are on their to-read pile for before the end of summer? Ready Player One. Yeah. Yay. So I also yeah, need to read something Ready Player One. But lately, I've been focusing on some uh, older, older books. Uh, recently, well, I recently reread uh, the uh, Starship Troopers, I still which need to read that. book and movie vastly night and day. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like they crossed paths somewhere in the night. It's amazing. They sort of are in the same general area, but the book is phenomenal. I mean, I love the movie too, but the book is phenomenal. And then, believe it or not, Robert Asprin's, and I recommend to anybody that, oh that wants are to read some older stuff. Ones? Nah, Fool's Company. Really? Yeah, Fool's oh. Company. 
uh, which I need to lend to you. It's and they're short reads. Uh, both Starship yeah. Troopers and Fool's Company are probably other less ones, than. Like the oh yeah, yeah. They're awesome. No, they are, they're but so uh, just a lot of fun. I I, I do think uh, with I mean, there's a lot of really prolific, really good writers out there nowadays. Um, but I think there's a lot of really uh, older golden nuggets out there mm-hmm. that people should really take the time to see. Yeah. Uh, that would be probably two of my, my recommendations. Nice. So I need to I need to get in some beach time because that's really the only time I found when I actually read things. And yeah, burn. yeah. I'm and just burn. Guessing <laughs> by the yeah. Well, I actually I I got a. You look like you can. Paint. I got a pretty good tan on this this year so far. Uh, I don't know yeah. how because I, I haven't really. He's so tan. I mean, yes, but um, <laughs> I need some beach time because I started reading a book last summer and I'm still trying to finish the book because I don't ever think about what I'm doing and don't actually make time to read and that's um, Mockingjay oh yay because did you get stuck in the snag was that the the second book or the third book that's the third book so (laughs) the third book was not very good I've heard that spoiler it wasn't very good I've heard that but I liked the ending but I it Definitely dragged. Wait a minute, a spoiler can't be a matter of opinion. Yes, it can. No, because my opinion no, is fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but honestly, I mean, you know, I, I've done good. I've actually done really good with the Hunger Games series so far. I've actually read the books and they were good uh, before seeing the movies. Like I, I actually, you know, heard about the Hunger Games, started reading that book one summer at the beach, finished it, then the Hunger Games came out. Did the same thing with the second book. Finished half of the third book, and that was great because they cut the third movie into two parts. <laughs> See, I'm a little different in the summer. Like, if I go down the shore, I tend to read in the house and write on the beach. I bring my notebooks oh, out to the beach with me, and I write. Yeah, I can see that um, being really cool. Because it's kind of serene with the yeah. the waves, so it kind of helps me concentrate a little bit better. There's no outside noise except for a bunch of kids. But where I go to bring, <laughs> where I go to the shore, there's really not a lot of people on the beach, so it's it's. That kind helps. of peaceful. Yeah, like a secret, secret place then? That's going to be hard to come uh, It's a secret place called Brigantine. Ah. Right outside okay. of Atlantic City. <laughs> uh, but there's, I mean, you. I went there on the 4th of July and there was literally nobody around. So it, it only pops awesome. up once every 100 years or so. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, but as far as books I'm reading, I'm a big pop culture junkie, so I like reading a lot of autobiographies of people. Uh, I'm reading uh, Simon Pegg's Nerd Do Well. How right is now. that? I haven't heard a lot of positive. It's good. It's really good. Um, I'm also reading uh, John Cleese, uh, John Cleese's autobiography, which for the life of me I can't remember. I think uh, so. Anyway, I think yeah. it's called um, Kevin Smith's Tough Shit. Mm-hmm. is a fun read. Jerry Weintraub, who is a big Hollywood producer, has a ton of stories about Hollywood. Uh, I'm going to read Judd Apatow's Sick in the Head, which is a lot of him interviewing. Uh, it's a lot of interviews he did as a kid when he was pretending to work for a newspaper <laughs> and interviewed all these comedians and he still has the stories and he's in it just now. Oh, um, interviewing them again and then putting both interviews in the book so you can kind of that see awesome. where they progressed from where he was That's when he was younger cool. yeah. to now. Uh, but other than that too, I'm also reading, uh, I have just picked them up, I haven't started them yet, uh, but I'm basically starting the books because of the show, uh, Pines, Wayward, and The Last Town, which is the Wayward Pines trilogy. Okay. By, uh, Blake, by Blake Crouch. The show yeah. is fantastic. The show is phenomenal. I've, I've heard the book is very similar, but there's a lot of changes within the stories. Well, the, sh- the show actually takes from all three books. Right. So. Uh, it's kind of funny. Like, three people here were said, Ready Player One. Uh, last week, Ernest Klein's new book, Armada, Armada. came out, uh, which I have already finished. Um, <laughs> I will definitely say Ready Player One is still his best story, because, again, that's what I heard. Two. It's those yeah. two out. I wouldn't call it a sophomore slump. It's um, 
it's a really good sci-fi book um, with his same flair for throwing in a lot of interesting pop culture, but that kind of falls off in this book in comparison to Ready Player One. Um, so if you're looking to, if you really like Ready Player One, because of the constant barrage of pop culture and gaming references, Armada, you're going to get that in the front half, and it's going to start sliding away very quickly once the plot escalates. This is not as lighthearted of a book. Um, but I will say this, though, too. Um, also not the most unique story. It felt like it's been very done, and there's a lot of references to this sounding similar to other things. If yeah. you read the synopsis, it says, you know, it's a kid that is recruited into a war because of playing video games. It's basically The Last Starfighter. And they bring up The Last Starfighter <laughs> in that book very early on, and they talk about, they, well, he brings it up, Ernest Klein brings up Ender's Game and all this stuff. It's meant to harken back, but unfortunately it doesn't do much different uh, to Different which, stories. which on a quick side note, anybody who was a fan of Last Starfighter, uh, they just TV picked show. up the rights for a television show. Yeah. Kind of curious. On, and it's going to be the same universe, so mm-hmm. we don't know. If, I'm wondering how they're going to do it, but I'm, I'm a curious. huge fan of that movie. So it's, as long as they do it right, I'll yeah. be happy. That's what worries me. I could see that being done very well, what? and I could see that just being an absolute pile. If, I, I, if it's yeah. done, I never correctly. ended up seeing the uh, Ender's Game movie. I just didn't want. To. Well, there's been there's been both <laughs> sides of of movies adapted to television. I mean, we had Zombieland, which was a horrendous mess, uh, oh, which flopped after it. one episode. Oh, the uh, TV show. Oh, I tell you, I love the movie. Oh, I love the movie. The dirtiest look that the listeners can see. No, I absolutely love the movie. That's in my top five. But Amazon did the television show, and it they didn't even air the second episode. It was like that. Okay. But now we also have uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Well, hold that. Which one. we'll hold that until we get sure. on our San Diego Comic Con talk. Okay. Uh, but um, but yeah, no. Like I said, Armada. Like I said, if you do like good sci-fi stories or, or at least interesting ones, I would definitely say it's a fast read and it's a it's a fun read. If you do like Ernest Klein style, that style's there, but. Don't expect this to be the next Ready Player, Ready Player One Part Two. It's definitely not yeah. that. Um, I think he said, you know, with that now getting signed to become a film like done by Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Um, they the studio has apparently already talked to him. He's been saying on his book tour that they're pushing him for a sequel already, and they said we want to do sense. a follow up in this universe. Everybody really wants this already from you, from a writer. And he said, I've got a lot more stories to tell before I ever go back to that. So, uh, so I think that's good, though. So it's smart I, I'm, to yeah. branch out. I'm, I'm, really, yeah. I'm really hoping that they do that movie justice. There's a lot in that movie, though, I think that is in danger, though. Because that movie is chock full of every culture reference that we know. And obviously, they're not going to get every studio that holds all those rights to yeah. say, yeah. go ahead and use, our, uh, go, use an X-Wing in this scene because it was important and integral to the story for ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but Spielberg has a lot of pool. He does. So, I mean, even if it's only a couple seconds, I, I have a feeling we're probably going to see more references than you would expect. I'm hoping. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't spoil any any plots of Ready Player One for those of you who haven't read it. But, I mean, like, I'd really be interested if they can talk to Toho, because that could be really important mm. for the end of that movie, and it's going to lose a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. That's really because good. between Toho and like Disney Media and a lot of the companies that hold the rights to animes and stuff over uh, over in the states or originally, that that back third of that movie could be in real danger if they don't do it right. Well, you throw some money at them and you could pretty much do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, but it's doing anything generic in the movie it could really damage that movie. Yeah. But I mean, so. going back to what you said about how he he's got a lot more stories to tell before he mm-hmm. goes back, I think that's really smart. 
I mean, it's a big fear I have with the Game of Thrones series right now, is everybody's rushing George R.R. R. Martin to get this next book done. He's already taking forever. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if rushing is the correct word. <laughs> rushing rushing is when, you know, Rushing you implies are... he hasn't had ample time. Yeah, and I yeah. and I know it's big, I know it's complicated, but I'm sorry, I don't mean to break away no, from it's the fine. here, but I, I take exception to that, I guess. I and You know what, I, I'm on the same boat as you with that, because like I look at it as a matter of like professional ethics yeah. in that regard because it's like you know you look at Jim Butcher he puts out like multiple books a year and yes his aren't as long but they're very complex storylines and they're, they're really fantastically good. written I mean you look at like so the Harry like, Potter like the Harry Potter series too they came out relatively quickly I mean what yeah. like about a year or two after and the I next even but the quality like, stayed great throughout the entire book exactly. series exactly and they were very long works too and complex and the thing is like I, you know, I can understand, okay, maybe a couple of years, sure. But he started writing them in 1992. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And he knows the, and he knows the entire story. <laughs> yeah. He knows the story, story starts Is to Is he, like, using whiteout and, like, working on I mean, he already... Actually, he does type on a typewriter, right. I understand. I mean, Someone he, teach the man. He already knows <laughs> that Daenerys is going to be on the Iron Throne, so, yeah. I mean, let's... I, yeah. With Tyrion I, by her side. I sometimes <laughs> wonder whether or not it's possible that the story may, he may have lost uh, focus and interest. Interest. I, I, I hate interest. to, you know, I mean, that's his, I mean, it's a beautiful work, but it has been an awful long time, yeah, you know, and he's been involved in a lot of other projects. I just, I don't know necessarily, team. yeah, I think maybe yeah. that is set in. Yeah. I mean, that's my personal opinion. It's, don't mean to besperge the man. I mean, his, his works are, are It's golden, kind of like thinking of the very first interview that maybe you ever did. And somebody says, we want more of that interview. And you have, okay, I can talk to this guy again, but there's all these other people you'd rather talk to mm-hmm. first. And then by the end of it, you're just grasping for straws because you're like, I, I've done what and I And that's wanted. the thing. Like we, and, but in my mind, wouldn't you just push it out then and go and then make better? No, because now you get back to professionalism. I don't think he does want to just push it out. Okay. He does want to do a solid to the fans. I just think he's having trouble motivating you know, and getting but- to that point. The logistics of it, he is getting up in age. I mean, like, Brandon, or whatchamacallit, Brandon Sanderson had to step in for Robert, Robert Jordan because yeah. he died. Well, that's a big fear of everybody is that George R. R. Martin you know is actually like, going to pass away before he finishes. There's a very high chance of that. So Game you of look at it, wouldn't you just, yeah. like, rather... Because isn't there still so, one more book after this next one? I, I think there's seven be, books. I think, I think yeah. it's going to have to be to finish it out. But, I mean, this this happens, though. Frank Herbert never finished Doom. And it still pains me to this day when I reread the series and I get to his last piece and I go, shit. Oh, that's so depressing. Yeah, and he's like Douglas Adams. I know. I was, <laughs> I was actually Adams, thinking that yeah. Douglas Adams, where I actually have his I, last book. And speaking of things I should read, that's one of them. I've had it for a little bit and I haven't read it. I have the entire Douglas Adams collection. It's do you, all do the you have the last movies. book where what's, they stepped in and took his notes after he died? What's the title of the last book? Oh, shoot, isn't it so long and thanks for all the fishes? The final one, isn't it? No. 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 I was gonna say if that if that's the last book, then I have it. That's I'll, part I'll, of the collection. I'll tell you what it is when I go home tonight because I have. It. But <laughs> that doesn't help the podcast. It's, it's true. It's, it's true. true. You, I still <laughs> have all you people who are wondering, in. look on Goodreads because I'm sure you can. Find Long dark tea time of the soul was. Still, oh, that's such a great yeah, book. That's, that's yeah, that's that's Adams. That's different. But I mean, like it's a different universe. Actually, if you want to listen to the Dirk Gently, don't read Dirk Gently. Listen to the BBC radio dramas. Yeah, that is brilliant. Always so good. Um, I mean, you have like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Thank you. Oh, so mostly, hard, mostly harmless. harmless. Mostly harmless. That is in no, the collection. One after that. Oh, okay. I'm telling you, it came out. The Life Universe and everything. Nope. It's yeah. at. There's another one. Forty two. 
He wrote <laughs> Douglas Adams wrote all of those that you said, and then yeah. he was gonna write another one, and he had it scripted out, and he passed away. And it was years later that his heirs said, "Okay, we're gonna let you write this," and they gave someone his notes, and they wrote it, yeah. and it really? apparently didn't do very well because yeah. I found it in a dollar Aww. store for a buck. Uh, but really? I let me know it. how it worked and out. I, because, I still uh, want yeah. I still want to. Sounds like the sequel ah, to Kill the Monster. Out of doubt. Is that what it was? Salmon of Doubt. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. I don't think that was in the collection. Nope. That is that is the one. And there, there's and that's the problem. Even with Sanderson at the end of Robert Jordan's yeah. Wheel of Time series, you do see a definite shift in writing styles. But I hate I to say it, God rest uh, Robert Jordan's soul, but I think it got better. Well, I heard, like, Sanderson's a phenomenal writer, yeah. and so, I mean, I'm not shocked. I think that was a good platform for him, because he really got a lot of limelight from yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, Anybody have any other uh, other big ones, Kenny? I want to know a well. Uh, I'm bad for this because I'm reading stuff, but your analogy of let's go to the beach and read and Bill's like, I yeah, like it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I know, but in my in my mind, count. I was going. I have complained so many times, and I'm sorry to anyone listening that has done this with me and goes, "Me? He's complaining about me." I hate when I go to the beach with someone and they pull out a book. We just went to the beach together. Oh, no, together. I'd rather be in the water. We just went yeah. to the beach together. Let's do something together. Let's be act. Let's go for a walk. Let's but that's play illegal let's in go public, surfing. Yeah. Not yeah. if you have a tent. It's fine. <laughs> but, but Kenny, the beach is for sitting and the laying down. The beach is for being active. How? It's for soccer. It's for volleyball. It's for surfing. It's for skimboarding. Hey, How this hot. is There's the beach. Recent <laughs> shark attacks prove that <laughs> my ass is not going <laughs> in the water. Thank you. Yeah, did, yeah. You, did you see the people that took their private shark yes. cages into the water? Sure, they had cages oh, over top of them. That, 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 uh, that lifeguard lost his crap that right there on the beach. Great. And I don't know why. They're walking in. The first time I saw the video, they're walking in and they have these things around them and I didn't have the volume up yet. And I'm looking at it going, are they trying to grow tomatoes in the ocean? What are these things that they have around them? Well, on that note, did you see the video of the uh, surfer in Australia that fought off a shark attack? I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was on live, live wow, news. That was not... insanity. Yeah, the uh, it was. I think it was a white shark, and it, it snapped it, his cord. Dude, yeah, it broke the cord, it, and I mean, you see the fin cord. come up, and then just a bunch of splashing, and it's like, wow, that guy's got street cred. He got, he's got, he got, he's got weight really, cred. He got really lucky. <laughs> yeah, really. He lucky. punched really. a great white in the back. Yeah. Jesus. Fought it off. Actually, on a complete quick side note, Shark Week this, this year was actually better than it's been in a long time because they got rid of all this stupid shit. Well, it's because I, don't, yeah. I think of the complaints. Yeah, the well, it was a new president of Discovery. Yeah, I don't have good. cable. <gasps> Rob does? Oh, well, we don't either. He I've already had Amazon. Amazon Prime. Yeah. But you can buy Shark Week they on had Amazon? It, they yeah. had it up on Amazon to buy, and it, the, as the episodes came out, you buy how seasons much, as How much action. was it to buy an entire week? I know, that's TV. what I'm thinking. It's 13 episodes, an hour-long 13 specials. But I thought it was like it all was these other bucks. shows do... Th- I got it for 10 bucks. Yeah, but I thought it wasn't just like 13 episodes. I thought it was like all the other shows on Discovery doing like shark themed stuff. Yeah. Like Mythbusters does a well, shark they, they, show. They do and, those oh, things, okay. but like this is the, here's the, the 13 documentaries that they're doing for this year. That are all brand new shark documentaries that are for like more scientific ones that are solely for. That's what they do every year. They do one new one or one to two new ones every day. They needed to update because it was just crap for the longest of time. It was very bad. Yeah. Uh, before I, it got like everybody was just, like, "Oh my god, it's Shark Week!" and I'm like, "Oh my god, I've been doing this since I was a kid." And, and not you know just that, I, it was unethical the way they used to go about making them because they would actually get real scientists and then ask them loaded questions and then splice their answers into other questions they hadn't asked. And basically make real scientists look like they were endorsing 
cockamamie theories. And well, to me, that's I, I really think that's so unethical. much fun to watch. I, I like well, yeah, it. If I'm watching I like John it, Stewart. I like it better like, if they know. have a clock behind them and then they splice their words. So in one sentence, you see the hands going all over the Actually, place. You know, uh, because you bring up science, one of the other things that I know definitely Paul wanted to talk about tonight was the Pluto flyby. Well, hey, can I just say one more thing related oh, to yeah, sharks? Sure, sure, sure. At the time we are recording this, currently, right now, Sharknado 3 is on. <laughs> That's right. I heard about that, and I heard it. I already feel like I'm doing something sandwich. more productive. Okay. <laughs> Back to Pluto. <laughs> but I will say this. When Rift Tracks does it, I'll go see it with I've, you. I've already seen Sharknado 1 and 2 done by Rift Tracks. Those were the first times I saw the movies, and I saw them done by Rift Tracks, and they were hysterical. Rift Tracks is the only time I've ever seen the Twilight movie. I won't even watch them through Rift Tracks. <laughs> oh, no. And no. funny enough, Tracks. we've... I Again, shameless plug for Next Level Radio. We've spoken to... Kevin Murphy and nice. uh, Mike Nelson. I got a personal invite from Mike Nelson to go down to. T- we got to pay our own way, but um, when they do their Christmas riff in December, we are actually going to Tennessee to be in the theater and then going backstage afterwards to hang out with those guys afterwards. All this and more on NextLevelRadio.com. <laughs> NextLevelRadioOnline.com. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Next <laughs> Edit, please. If you're going to do a shameless plug, get it right. I'll do all the plugs later. <laughs> yeah, all right, so Pluto. Pluto, the flyby. Science. Dogs. Cartoon <laughs> dogs. I am so excited, though, by that. I, I, I don't yeah, know Pluto's why. Pluto's back. No, they did, we did a flyby. It was yet another... Oh, yeah, I saw that. Ah. And there's the question of whether life could be on it, and they're finding formations, and yay, it's Mars again. Pluto's a bit out there to be looking for life. I I still think you're going to find that probably in the moons of... uh, They said it's a couple hundred degrees below zero. Well, I mean, here's my thing about that. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, you were brought up the topic of Pluto. I was just going to say, I, I have this... We, this is my argument because my one of my best friends and I have this argument over the time. He he constantly feels that, and this is kind of getting a, a little bit away from Pluto, but staying in space. Mm-hmm. He feels that there's intelligent life that there's there's life out there, but it's not inte- not intelligent and will never will never experience it. Which That's has has some merit. Yeah, but here I mean approach. here's my thing. Like, and his argument is if intelligent life has ever made it to Earth before, wouldn't we have seen them? My argument is no, because if they have the technology to get here, they also have the technology to make it known to make themselves hidden yeah, yeah. so that we wouldn't know about it. Yeah. And he's like, Well, if we don't have the technology to get there, what makes me th- what makes us think that they have the technology to get here? Well, because in the span of the universe, we're literally like infants oh, yeah. where oh, these God, yeah. other life forms yeah, could have been out there that. for Millions of years. Two million years of development tops. For yes, the race. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, but he just doesn't buy it. Well, you know so. what? Uh, 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 on that on that note, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name. Seti is it? Seti. Seti. Yeah, it's Seti. Yeah. They might be one step closer to answering that. I don't know if you guys had heard. Uh, they actually. Uh-huh. Mean uh, yeah. I, I brought I brought this up to yep. you, and you actually ended up going and reading it pretty in depth. Yeah, Stephen Hawking has has teamed up with another group, and they've yeah. raised quite a bit of money. I think uh, in a million millions of dollars range. Uh, it's going to allow, I think in the last two decades, SETI has monitored maybe a thousand stars. You know, uh, they don't have a lot of funding. With the incoming stream they've got now, they're looking at possibly being able to push the one million star boundary mm-hmm. as far as trying to really reach out and look for signals. Whether or not it'll bring anything around, I don't know, but uh, I definitely don't think we're alone. I think just statistics 
Yeah. It's. I you think know, that's almost a, yeah. a clear impossibility that we're yeah. alone. Whether or yeah. not we'll ever harness it the technology to get there, the space is so vast. Exactly. Yeah. How you long? Know. How long did it take us to get to Pluto? Pluto uh, to do that flyby. That's an interesting question. I, I can check for you and see when it actually launched. I think it was four years. Might have been four sounds. Four years. Four and sounds about. Like I said, and it was a. The thing is, they didn't think they were going to get images. Like I don't know if you heard about exactly the what went into this. Is Pluto's revolution is. I forget how many years it takes for it to get back into aligning us at all. Uh, Good question. I but I, there is a point where there is out. a line where Pluto and one of its moons, Char, uh, Charon, I think it is, uh, that yeah, well, they were pretty much right across the way from each other, so the it was able to actually go right hmm. past the two of them and get shots of both. Both, yeah, and they, um, they had to plan for that too, because now uh, by looking it up, we're that launched uh, January of 2006, so we're talking nine okay. plus so years to get there. But they said it went dark. When it had to start signaling, it had to go dark for, I forget, a fairly lengthy period of time. It wasn't talking minutes. It was, like, weeks to get the images. But they were saying one of the interesting things was there's also seen amount of obstructions out there, and they thought when it, they lost it, there was no <laughs> chance in hell anything something was going to come back. <laughs> yeah. And they had to plan nine years in advance for yeah. that thing to be oh, in yeah. the right place at the right time. Yep. No, they don't have dummies back. working for them out there at NASA. Because it's I think not. when they yeah. launched it, it went out into out of our atmosphere, came back, slingshotted around the Earth, went out, slingshotted around Saturn to pick up more speed to get out there. They calculated all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's look, I mean, if we can if we can send a manned shuttle slingshotting around the moon to land on an asteroid and drill, mm. we can very <laughs> easily. <laughs> And not not just. And so glad I'm, somebody else. Yeah, somebody I, got the say, I think I don't want to miss a thing. I'm going to only use 15 seconds of it, though. Might be our breaking news. Not only that, they were doing rock jacks there. These weren't even trained astronauts. These were just some guys out of the oil fields. I mean, this was like so the, the Wiley Coyote slingshot move. Yeah, and it was just. Hey, my, it's my favorite thing is out there using yeah. it, you know. My favorite thing about that was, I believe, on on the commentary for the DVD, they're talking about it, where he said. Why Why are we training drillers to be astronauts? Wouldn't it be a lot easier to train astronauts how to use a drill? No, because and drillers dr- are science. No, it, was like, it was either it's... the director or the writer just went, just shut up and go with the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, if you reference them, drilling's a science. It's an art form. Well, I'm You just... couldn't just teach... No, no. <laughs> Show of hands, though. Who here thinks that we're going to see habitation or at least a visit to Mars in our lifetime? Does Show of Hands really work on a podcast? It does yes. if we then count the amount of things that go up. Say I. I, yeah. Okay. Who here thinks... Right, here, I'll go around the table. see. Pe- uh, Pesh. I definitely, I definitely think we're going to see. Idealistically, yes. Bill. <laughs> yeah, sure. Are we talking visitation or colonization? I'm going all the way to colonization and sticking by my In notes. our lifetime? I hope to God. All right, I'm going to start back over here because... <laughs> yes, yes, Kat. Again, idealistically, yes. Sure. Ben. I'll say I. I'd love to see it. Not a fucking chance. I got a fucking chance. I think we're gonna have a visit, but I don't think in our lifetime we're gonna see colonization. I would. I would say a visit. Yeah, I'm not sure about colonization. I think. I think, really I think in our lifetime we'll have a colonization on the moon, but I don't think Mars. Hey, if Matt Damon can do it, yeah. And you know what? You can't. Uh, he's in another space movie. He's already proved you can't trust him once in space. 
You can never. I'm not going to trust him ever again in space. Uh, this is like the Armada or like our Armageddon <laughs> no. podcast. Wait, did you just say Matt Damon? Yeah. I was, refer- was I was Matt referencing Damon. The Martian. He was in uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Oh, I didn't watch that. Okay, didn't well, it, it wasn't bad. I really enjoyed it. But it, I, 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 but I, she said, Cat said terraforming, and that's why I was referencing The Martian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I couldn't trust him in Interstellar. Now I'm not going to be able to trust him. Wait, Matt Damon was in Interstellar? I thought it was just all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I, you get another rule. I have to see. No, I haven't seen. I haven't either yet. I mean, personally, I always thought Matt Damon was kind of a Streisand, but Streisand. Another movie reference. Yeah, I reference movies a lot. It's okay. It's okay. I don't watch enough movies to get the references, so I'm just like I'm smiling. I was, no, a 40, I, was a, I was a forty-year-old reference. I either I either misheard the reference. Or I don't understand it because all I heard was Matt Damon is Barbara Streisand. No, Matt. Da- I always thought Matt Damon was kind of a Streisand. It's a Paul. It's a line that Paul Rudd says in uh, Forty Year Old Virgin when they're watching the Born Identity. Okay. All right. Yeah. Forgot that. But anyway, with Pluto though, so no, it's it's amazing because um, <laughs> we went way <laughs> off. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But that's that's, that's, back. that's train derailed. Gets, that's where it gets fun. Got a slingshot at back, Rob. <laughs> Yeah, and that wasn't wasn't overly expensive mission. I, I think I read somewhere that the Viking Stadium, and again, this is Facebook, so it's probably not true at all. But something yeah. along the lines that uh, the, I, I the think Viking Stadium true. cost more than <laughs> well, this I, mission. I, to I, I heard it. As in, okay. I heard it as in the budget for Fantastic Four wow. cost more than really that that mission. Uh, man, that's a sad state. Of, well, no, it's it's either a sad state of affairs that we're not spending enough uh, on on our science programs, or it's a really really good. Tip of the hat to these scientists and engineers that are capable of building these extremely complicated, extremely long-range missions on the budget. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's the fact that the government sees what these guys can do with such little amount of money, so that's why they only give them that amount. I I think if the scientists, if the scientists kind of took their time and said, well, we need a little bit more, we need a little bit more, they'd <laughs> give NASA so a bigger excited. budget, and we'd still be sending shuttles into space. Yeah, but they're Instead nerds. of privatizing. Exactly, so they're super so excited that, to work on well, it. They're like, well, They're super it. excited, but they're super honest, probably. See, I mean, you're forgetting one thing, though, too, and that's, you're talking about getting funded by the government. If Fantastic Four was funded by the government, this would be like it would be the one a $2,000 movie. Yes, it would be the Fantastic Four in the... I mean, I just have this feeling that, like, like if 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 NASA like if NASA ever went to somebody like Trump, God forbid he ever becomes president. Uh. Let's hope that never happens. His reaction would be, "Well, can we just send Bruce Willis?" (laughs) (laughs) Is Bruce Willis available? That's a horrible Donald Trump. That was not a great Donald Trump. No, but but, uh, Donald Trump's not a great person. (laughs) You're you're fired. Uh, I'm doing a toupee impression. You can't see it on the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think with that, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few. So, um, 
One of the biggest things that I really wanted to talk about this week was um, actually something that Bill originally brought to my attention um, the other week when we were hanging out. Uh, was the death of Satoru Iwata, and if that name does not ring a bell to you, he was actually the president of Nintendo. Um, kind of actually, when you mentioned it to me, it was kind of a fairly big shock. Uh, the guy actually, a lot of people kind of think, you know, Nintendo nowadays, and they just kind of don't hold a lot of strength versus the rest of console gaming or PC gaming, but Nintendo is actually is very much responsible for kind of the industry surviving. Um, and a lot of innovation, and this man was actually really a massive part of a lot of that. Um, so it was kind of a big shock when that hit, especially for somebody very young. He died at 55 um, from uh, from cancer. Uh, but, I mean, I know, Bill, you were saying, too, going through some of the stuff, um, some of the big accomplishments he had, too, which was, were pretty crazy when we were talking about about the, the other night. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at, looking at his background, and just to give you a little background on who he was, I mean, he started out... He started out Hal. Um, yeah, Hal Labs, Hal which Labs. a lot of people know of, which is the guys that I think originally started Pokemon. Uh, yep, they originally um, started Pokemon. Pokemon. Uh, they did Earthbound, mm-hmm. Kirby, uh, which he had a big hand in. And Hal Labs went on to create games like Smash Brothers and so on and so forth. Right. Um, but like with Pokemon, the big thing that he did with Pokemon is he took the original game and just basically just asked for the code and completely reverse engineered it and made it even better for future Pokemon games well, actually, to actually was, compress it. What it was was the original um, Pokemon Blue and Red, when they came out, um, they had compression techniques for the Game Boy cartridge at the time, and it wasn't really well compressed. So by the time they came around, they did the second gen, which is, I can't remember what the hell they were. It's like, it's Golden Solar, Ruby, Ruby yeah. and Sapphire, or whatever. I think it was Golden were. Solar. Um, the, when they was trying to come out, he was, the game was a complete mess, and um, that was... One of the things he did was, hey, you know, I'm in a high position. Just give me the code. Let me fuck around with it a little bit. He managed to compress the entire game down to just less than a quarter of the cartridge. And he said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to triple the size of the game. And just they added all the worlds from the other games in. And they completely, he completely was able to reverse engineer this stuff just for fun, just because he wanted to do it. Had nothing to do with his job at the time. He was already in the COO or CEO position. Um, But I mean, the guy just had this massive love for gaming. And he loved to just kind of move things forward. I mean, a big classic he's responsible for is an old game called Balloon Fight. I don't know if anybody's ever played it. I remember Balloon it. Fight, yep. yep. um, That was one of his first big projects. Uh, Bill mentioned Earthbound. Um, and what I forget, what, and he actually was the person responsible for why Earthbound even came out, I believe. Uh, I think so. I'm not, I mean, I've played Earthbound, but I'm not too big up on the history of it, even though... Ness is my favorite character in Super Smash Brothers. Um, uh, I think if memory serves correct, uh, the original creator that was making it, Earthbound is actually in Japan known as a game called Mother. Mm. Uh, it's called Mother 2. That's actually Mother 2 to be specific. Um, but the first game already came out and the creator was went on to make a second second game for Super Nintendo and Super Famicom. Um, and uh, when they were making it, the game was just falling apart. They couldn't get it ready when it needed a release. And he said, look, at the current rate you're going, this game's not going to be out for at least another two and a half years. If you give it to me now... I can get this damn thing fixed, and it'll be out in a year and two months, a year and three months. And they said, fine, do it. And he proved time and time again. Uh, he's also the creator of Kirby. Um, oh, wow. You know, you know like I, I said, he's had his hand in every major um, uh, Nintendo property. Mario, Zelda, um, all these different things before he became the president. Who And he took he's, over... He started in 2002. 2002, which yeah. was during the time of the GameCube, which was considered kind of one of the first big commercial failures for... Um, Nintendo outside of the Virtual Boy. 
Um, yeah. But, um, and when he came in, uh, if you know anything about Japanese business, one thing that's really interesting about Awada was he was a very front and center person, which is very uncommon uh, for presidents and for, man- for management for, in general. For, yeah. Well, yeah, front and center, uh, but even more so in Japan, which yeah. is very unheard of. Um, this, his precursors at Nintendo, uh, uh, Mr. Yamauchi, who was um, the second Yamauchi that ran that company, um, he was known to kind of rule with kind of a very iron fist. Um, gaming, in to give a little interesting history on what Awada kind of did, kind of makes you kind of look back a little bit. Um, when the game games crashed back in the 80s with Atari, um, Atari didn't have a lot of fail-safes involved. They said, if you want to make games for our system, go make games for our system. And just People kept pumping them out, which meant everybody and their brother had tons and tons of games out, most of them very bad, so it kept flooding the market. And it caused it. <clears throat> pretty much. Um, but it crashed. It crashed the market completely. And um, when Nintendo said, hey, we're going to put out a video game system after the 2600 has already died, a lot of people told them, go fuck yourselves. There's no way in hell we're ever carrying this stuff Yeah, again. go fuck yourselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Nintendo pretty much came in and said, no, this is a reason why. And they proved it because the NES was already on sale with the Famicom over in Japan at the time. They said, it's still surviving and we'll prove it to you. So when it came over to the States, they were really, really vicious and brutal with their tactics of making that system sell and making gaming viable over here. But that carried over with Nintendo until a lot of took over. They were, there's a reasons why everybody says, Sony and Nintendo never released the PlayStation together. It's or why they never made CDs. Although didn't they just didn't they just recently find a hybrid of Sony and Nintendo? Um, uh, Like I said, I think I told the story before when we were talking about. I think uh, we were talking about a book, Console Wars, that has a lot of this history in there. Uh, But yeah, that prototype that came out was the original one of the original shell mock-up prototypes of the. Nintendo slash Sony PlayStation, mm-hmm. which was, it aged just like an NES did, where you got the yellowing on the gray plastic. Um, it had a NES, or a Super Nintendo controller, mm-hmm. um, but it had the PlayStation brand logo on it. Um, really interesting CD-looking concept, but it also took Super Nintendo yeah. parts. It was cool. It was pretty cool. Um, but, I mean, again, though, like, Yamauchi was kind of a douche. Like, everybody kind of said, you know, it was a very family-driven, family-oriented company, but... Um, you know, like, they said, hey, you have to buy your cartridges from us. You can't just manufacture them. So they were the people that were responsible for why games cost $70 to $110 um, new because there was a massive markup on it. Um, but when Owada took over, he really changed a lot of those things and said, we're a company that's meant to be about fun and innovation, and they did a lot of that. Please don't do this. So, <laughs> so sorry, just, uh... Bad Kenny, bad! Um... <laughs> but what was kind of cool about with a lot of this stuff, though, is he was very front and center, and they did things like Ask Awada. Uh, he was very tongue-in-cheek, very humorous, and um, but he also really pushed innovation. Almost uh, almost a Japanese version of... Uh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I forgot the name. Uh, go ahead. I mean, this, you know, this quote that he has really kind of describes... I think who he was. This is who most he likely is. probably the, the comment you're talking to is probably his uh, Gamescom speech from 2005. Uh, yeah, actual GDC and yeah. yes, Gamescom. Okay, yeah. uh, Game Developers Conference. It's it, it quoted on my business card. I'm a corporate president. In my mind, I'm a game developer, but in my heart, I'm a gamer. 
That's his most... And if you actually look up on YouTube, if you look up GDC 2005 keynote, you can actually watch his full speech, and that really speaks a lot about the guy. Did he speak English, or was that quote in Japanese? Because I feel like I can only get the full merit of that quote if Bill did it in Japanese. I, I wish I, I wish that. I took three years of Japanese in college. I don't really remember um, a lot of it. Yeah. I think <laughs> I want to say it was it was it was yeah. very broken yeah. like English, stuff, but he had yeah. a translator. But he the man did speak. Um, you know, speak. I mean, English he would have to if he well. did a lot of business in, right. in the state. Yeah. So, but it was probably broken English. I guess. But I mean, like they're they're really responsible for, especially with a lot of that that's happening. Like everybody says, you know, like gaming survived because of them. But they also changed the landscape <laughs> of gaming when the Wii came out. That was it's kind of offensive. Whether it survived or not, it was ultimately still it was a cultural success. And the reason that this generation is doing so well is because a lot of new people got introduced to gaming from the Wii. Whether they said, I don't want to play the Wii anymore, and they said, I'm going to buy an Xbox One, or start getting the PC gaming, or bought a PS4. Gaming's been, everybody expected this console generation was going to be the last. Um, every analyst in the world said this gaming and console gaming was dead. And when this console series launched, it proved them the complete opposite of what everybody expected. See, i got to ask, too, like, I mean, it's... This generation. Everybody the, thought it was the done. next gen that we're in now. Wait, why? Why did I never heard that? Why did they think this generation was done? Because gaming in Japan is all on mobile devices now. Console gaming yeah. is practically dead over there. Which completely. he, he was not, pushing for before his death. He was starting to expand into the the mobile. Well, market they were doing it due to that. They were doing that too because yeah. of, it's gaining market share again. Yeah, but um, I mean, if you look at the current consoles now, there's an element of mobile gaming incorporated into the consoles. I mean, you look at the Wii U, there's a whole controller that you could literally take your game with you if you That's walk true, away from yeah. the screen. And that was the reason why they did that, because in their mind, they're thinking of the Japanese consumer, not as much as the worldwide consumer base. Yeah. Now, i got to ask, too, like on the on the note of gaming and Nintendo and such, I, I'm an Xbox gamer. I own an Xbox One. I own a PS4. Before that, I had an Xbox 360, I had a PS3, and I had a Nintendo Wii. I didn't go with the Nintendo U because I felt like my Nintendo Wii never got touched. So I have to ask, like, how is the Nintendo Wii, the Wii U, the Wii U compared to the Wii? Because I'm not like when I even when I played the Nintendo Wii, I played like Super Mario Brothers where I held the controller. I I'm not crazy about the motion controllers. Yeah. Actually, no, Billy, you're probably the best person to talk about this because you recently just got a Wii U. I just bought a Wii U, um, really for one, you know, I, I bought it for one big title. Zelda? Su- uh, no, Super oh. Smash Brothers. Okay. Um, but. <laughs> But that's not really like a motion no, game. No, it's not it? a motion game. I do enjoy the the kind of the, the niche motion games like, you know, the Wii Sports and things like that. Nintendo Land actually is a really good Yes, me, that's Kenny, true. Bill, um, even Cat I think is a good touch for a second or two. Like um, the, the Nintendo Land. Seek. Like uh, watching Tag. us play like the crazy games like the hide and seek where one of us is on the tablet and one of us is on the Donkey Kong cart where you tilt things. <laughs> I think motion gaming, you know, it's got its it has its pros. It does have a bit of con. You know, there, yeah. there there are a bunch of cons that go with it. I don't think, you know, and again, uh, they're they're trying to prove us wrong. I think, but serious gaming, it's not going to be motion is not going to be involved. No. Oh no, but I mean, they weren't pushing ser- that motion on this gen. They were doing something different. Um, that's the one thing I would say with Nintendo that a lot of people may argue a little bit. Um, but they've been they they innovate. They always innovate. The, the big thing about coming back to why, you know, why I bought a Wii U is really because I I love Nintendo, and I love Nintendo at heart, and they just make fun games where mm. you can sit down, you can play a bit of a game, you don't have to be 
tied to a game for hours and hours yeah. on end. Oh, I agree. I mean, um, you know, going back to like when I had my Nintendo Wii, the games I owned, um, the Legend of Zelda games, Super Mario and the Super Mario collection of all the older games, uh, Kirby, Donkey Kong, uh, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, like these were the, the games Nintendo that I owned. Properties. Yeah, and they're tried and true properties that we all. And a lot even of us even Goldeneye really when they released Goldeneye when they released Goldeneye for mm-hmm. for Wii, anything that was controller based because that's pretty much how I am in the heart of my gaming is I'm still controller based. I tried the I motion stuff. I have a Kinect 2.0 for my Xbox Live or my Xbox One. I use it to turn it on. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty much what I use it for. <laughs> You know? Well, here's a question though. Like with the Wii U, are there any new properties involved in it that you think are like? Um, I think honestly, worth, this was. Know. I mean, like I said, Bayonetta. I know you know. Obviously, you enjoy uh, the old ones, but are there new ones they're bringing to it? They actually, I'll be honest, they really didn't stretch very far out of their box of their old IPs and just saying, here's the follow up of this. But like one thing Nintendo does very differently than a lot of companies is. You can look at it through the history of Mario. Um, Mario is a character that's innovated. Like, you saw Mario Brothers. Like, not talking Super Mario Brothers. That we no, all the original about. Mario Brothers, yeah. That was a dueling two-player versus game of mm-hmm. where... And that's all it was. It had nothing to do with side-scrolling levels. Yeah, and then yeah. they had said, here's Super Mario, which was something different. And we got a series of them. Well, I know this is a stupid question, but we all know where Mario or originated from, right? Uh, Mario, I forget exactly. Donkey Kong. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the hero of Donkey yes. Kong. Um, but when you look at it, though, all through this stuff is, when it got to, you can see the innovation starting to move with them, though, following people like Mario or, or um, Link uh, with mm-hmm. Zelda. Um, Mario 64 was the very first 3D character platforming game ever created. Um, it was the first character to have an analog stick, or the first game company to ever use an analog stick. Now all of our controllers have two. They were the first people to create that idea. They were the first people to give us a rumble feature ever on a controller. They're built into every one of them. We don't think twice about it. This is so another. Would they no, they become second nature now. innovative. What's that? So are they considered more technically innovative? Technically innovative, but also game design. Um, okay. Like I said again, Mario sixty four. You think about um, from the sixty four era, which is the same time of like play, things like PlayStation one and Saturn and all these things. Um, Everything was moving to 3D because it could for the first time. So you had 3D models that you were following, and it wasn't about side-scrolling games anymore. You were now behind the character, and you have these expansive worlds to work through. Nintendo was the first one to do it, and do it right on top of it. And everybody tried to copy what they did and couldn't do it. And it took a very long time until you saw people that were putting out games like uh, Banjo-Kazooie, which was uh, Rare, um, which is now uh, owned by Microsoft. But nobody could copy what they did, like... And then when you moved away from 3D platformers, then you had 3D action titles. And then, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is still considered one of the biggest hits of all time in games. Yep. It's the first game that ever said, well, we are doing combat in 3D. We need to have a targeting system to lock on. First game to ever do it. And you think of all these little things that they've done between innovation on the consoles, the way we play, and the games we play. And that's moved through. And while they've dipped over the years when they've had... Like, a lot of it was responsible for the Wii. We had a generation where, yes, a lot of us bought it and bought into the hype, but that's what they did. They got people to believe in gaming. You had grandmothers and fathers and people that would never play a game all wanting to buy a console, and they did. And it was, like I said, it's an amazing thing. It's, you know, they hit a stumbling block. the player base. Which is, much, yeah. which is always the important part. 
So it's really, uh, it was very sad to see that a man like him passed away because he was a man of a thousand and one ideas who was very front and center. Um, like they had the Nintendo Direct, which was a lot of saying, you know, here's a video presentation from him and says, I'm going to show you exactly what we have planned for you. And it was him telling you and what Nintendo was doing. Um, and a lot of companies, you hear them say, even out of uh, E3, why are we spending millions of dollars doing a presentation when we could be intelligent like these guys and say, here's a 45-minute video that we pre-recorded that everybody can watch. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. they, um, they remind us, too, they're not just, they were not uh, just a game. Uh, Owada was the type of person that reminded us they're not video game makers. They're the crazy toy designers that they always used to be. They were, they were a toy maker before they were ever a video game designer. And that was the truth of them. Do you, do you think so. Awada's uh, arc in any way resembled Steve Jobs? Well, Very similar, I think. Yeah, and I, that was a name I was trying for some reason. It Steve Jobs was, was a little bit more of an uptight kind of person. He was a very, like, this is how we're doing this. We've got to be really aggressive. He was a visionary. Well, but so was Awada when you really get down But Awada was a very much a visionary, but he was Might also have been more approachable. Was, but he was very approachable. Personal. That was the, what was yeah. different about it. And the other big difference is, too, Awada made products that we actually like. Yeah. <laughs> true and I'm not an Apple fan Sorry. necessarily, but there's no, a I'm, lot of Apple fans. I, I mean, I'm looking and I'm looking around, and everybody's got a phone that's not Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Those, oh my God, the so. fucking. Well, that's why it's in your pocket, not out. out. That's not. <laughs> oh, it's LG. Never mind. I thought it was an iPhone. So. I was gonna say that's why it's in your pocket, not out. No, it's open. LG. But I think it's. it's I'm Keep really, it hidden. I'm really looking forward to seeing the next couple of years and seeing. What his final ideas are going to be with the NX getting announced next year? Do you think what Nintendo will be? survive him? That would be I mean, okay. I hope. I mean, um, I hope it is, does. But is the NX the another console from Nintendo? That's their next one. So they're actually going to be the first to make the next next gen console. I don't think it's going to be. Or what do you, you think, think this is on par of um, where we are now? This is a completely other topic, and I think it might be a completely other podcast outside of ours because we don't do a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy gaming. Um, that would just be me talking for about two, three hours, <laughs> yeah. and uh, everybody else is looking at me blankly. That's um, like my Back to the Future podcast. Don't throw me a at you. Yeah. But <laughs> the NX, everybody's thinking is it's their first time that they're going to marry their portables and their actual home console into one console. Marriage. So I want another Game Boy. Yeah, well, thank you. I think this is going to be this is going to be. Isn't that really what your phone is now? Pretty much their next step of. Here is a video game system that is a home-style arcade system that you can take with you 100% on the go as well. And quick, it's the same system. Quick story about the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. I worked all summer long when I was like nine, raking yards to save up the 100 bucks to buy it, and it didn't come with, with a game. charger. <laughs> oh. no, it came with like Tetris. But it didn't come with a charger. Oh. It doesn't come with a charger because it, it took you had to put batteries. You had to put the batteries in. And let me tell you, that was my first dose of adult reality <laughs> was the realization that dreams don't come true. <laughs> I uh, I have to disagree with you, Rob. I am tentatively afraid of what Nintendo is going to go through in these next couple of years without his direction. And I think it could go in a direction that that we don't want to see. Um, the people that are running the company right now, you have uh, Genji Takeda and Shigeru Miyamoto are currently taking taking lead and taking uh, the company. So, And again, this guy has made plans well many years in advance, and it's not like, you know, tomorrow Nintendo's going to just fall. It's true. Uh, but, I mean, again, Japanese game development has changed. The landscape has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got companies like uh, Konami that are going seem like seemingly going away completely. Um, Sega is taking a step to more digital content only and mobile gaming. Square has been doing a lot of the same. Uh, and if it wasn't for Eidos, they wouldn't be still doing what they're doing. 
Um, and I think we've got one more generation left of Nintendo before we might see them going um, to be a third-party player, mm-hmm. which is very possible, but anything's possible. Sure. But Nintendo has always been that second pillar to your living room if you're hardworking. Yeah. It, they're, they're, it if, if you have a PC or an Xbox One or a PS4 right now, you're also very likely to have alongside of that a Wii U if you really are a big fan of gaming because there's a lot of good experiences there. There's really are. And uh, it's a shame to see the guy go because he did create something really special. And um, like I said, we really look forward to seeing what's coming out on Nintendo. But I think, I think that is a legitimate fear too. I mean, if you look at... For example, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, you look at Steve Jobs and you look at Apple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like before when Steve Jobs was alive, yes, I don't like the product, but he put a lot of time and effort yeah. into the product to make them quality products, or at least the quality that Apple is. And then once Steve Jobs left and I think Wozniak took over, now it seems like they're just pumping out phones just to put out phones. Yeah, it's, it's you know, yeah, I don't it's, even know what they're on And it's, they're like, like on the, like the, I think it's like the iPhone 6 or 7. Something. And it's just minor changes, yeah. just so they can say they can put out another phone with it with, that's different. It's a profit driven, not not product, not product driven, yeah. and exactly. that's that's a that can work. That can work really good for a short period of time. But I don't I think, think it works in gaming. Short, no, yeah. it doesn't well, work in gaming. I don't think it works anywhere. Honestly, no. I mean, eventually that. Model it's a bigger reason why I dislike Apple. Yeah, as much as yeah. I do do we? I, I know this is still on the topic of video games, and it could be a complete, just simple answer. Do we think the generation of consoles that we are in now? Which basically are pretty much PCs. Yeah. I mean, especially if you yeah, look at the Netflix. Xbox One, that can you can watch your television through yeah. it. You can Netflix, you know, mm-hmm. so much other stuff other than just gaming. Do we think these are the last consoles we're going to see? No, I think we have one more generation so before because I think it's going to get to the point where the eventually the consoles will become pretty much PCs where you don't have to buy the new console anymore. You it's just upgrade be- the console. I think it's that's not the case. This is a huge ball of wax to open up. So, but I'll give you a very. You think we're going to max our potential? No, um, I think what's going to happen is the next boxes are going to be streaming boxes, and it's very evident right now with Sony with PlayStation Now and stuff like that, which is Your a big initiative. Is a Comcast box. is talking about connecting with somebody now to make a video game streaming system. I think EA. They're yeah. talking about with EA right now to make a streaming service. Well, and, and that's and Comcast. On a on a so. on a final note for this conversation, going back to the beginning of the podcast when I had notes. Um, I have one other one that I forgot to mention, but I can bring it up now. Um, on the note of your E3 conversation from, I, I think it was either last week or the week before. A couple weeks. Or, um, or, or, well, two, or two, two months, months ago. Two months ago. Two months ago. Um, Sony did not win E3. Uh, Xbox did with backwards compatibility. Um, because Sony still can't do that. Yes and no. I disagree on that, but that's, that's <laughs> an interesting um, point. Though. This is this is a Pandora's box for another <laughs> yeah, conversation. That's true. That's true. I can I can I'll, I'll argue I, I can argue that into the conversation, but not today. Not today. Don't exactly. Argue but it. there is something that we all can talk about and get everybody back engaged in uh, <laughs> is San Diego Comic Con, which just wrapped up last week. Yes, it did. Uh, one of these Kenny's days, Kenny's crying. About <laughs> it. I one of these days I'll he go there. He loved it so much. You know what? Have me on your show and ask me that question. Oh, the gaming question? Yes. <laughs> See, when it comes... You, you mentioned, like, one of these days you'll go. One of these San days. Diego Comi- trying to go San Diego Comic-Con was, was on my bucket list for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed like it became more about the movie franchises and the television franchises than the actual That's convention. What I Which and makes I, sense for its location when you get right down And I kind of forgot that it was actually a convention at the same time. Yeah. I forgot there were vendors. I mm-hmm. forgot there were cosplayers. Well, I didn't forget there were cosplayers because they're all <laughs> Never the forget there were cosplayers. Yeah. Um, but then a friend of mine, the guy that actually owns the comic book store that I go to every Wednesday, yeah. um, went to Comic-Con this year 
and was sending me a barrage of picture pictures throughout the entire thing that reminded me this is an actual yeah. convention at the same time. Yeah. The whole panels aside, there's still so much other stuff going on that because the biggest thing about Comic Con that pissed me off was I didn't see the point of going to Comic Con. Getting in line at five o'clock in the morning, yeah, waiting yeah, for God. seven hours, waiting for yeah. seven to twelve yeah. hours to get into one pound. You just wasted your entire damn day yeah. when Same it cost time. you six, seven hundred dollars yeah. in airfare and hotel to get out there. And that, that's a less popular panel too. I've heard stories. I think the three o'clock in the morning bring Twilight back up again. I've heard stories of people getting in line days. I had a friend who sat through to get into the original Avengers panel the first year they had it. She got in line at two o'clock in the morning. To get in the back of the room of yeah. Hall H. Yep. That's ridiculous. It's a room that holds 6,500 people. Yes. And, yeah, but and how much does Comic-Con draw? Well, I th- and I also think it's getting too big yeah. for San Diego. I, I almost really think they should break it down into a series. I mean, well, yeah, they like, just renewed the contract till 2019. The, the crazy thing, though, is like even trying to get tickets to Comic-Con is... You have a, to be on when they go on sale. You have a five-minute window. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Because you, you, me and Amanda tried to do it the one year, and it was like, we had it all planned out, we were going to do that, and then ticket sales came up, and we were like, eh, But after like, seeing and realizing once again that it is still mm-hmm. a convention, there are still vendors, there are still things going on outside of these panels... San Diego's back on my bucket list. I, I still want to go at least once. I might wait because the rumor is that once the contract runs out at San Diego, they're going to move it to a different... Right. It's no longer going to be San Diego Comic-Con. I heard it might be Vegas. It's well, No, I heard it's going to be California. California. But I heard it's still going to be LA. I heard it's going to be LA. Because the, the venues out in LA yeah. are a hell of a lot bigger yeah. than what they have. That's what I was going to ask. I almost wonder if at some point they're not going to have to evolve where it's going to have to be multiple venues within whatever city they choose, more geared to specific genres. You know, where you'll have you'll have a hotel and large convention center just for comics. You'll have another one for movies, another one for games. That actually sounds like a decent idea. Because to me, that would be yeah. To me, that would be a way of handling the the oversizing. And then, if you wanted to catch it all, then you just spend a lot of money into the entire system and hope for the best. But I also think that the panel. I mean, if you go to if you go to conventions like Wizard World and stuff that are out here and travel the country, a lot of the panels that they have are focused on science fiction Mm -hmm. on on movies that relate to that. You look at the panels from Comic-Con, for San Diego Comic-Con, back when the show was still on, you had Gilmore Girls panels. and so, Why? Like, why are we having panels like that in a, in a, in a comic convention? It, it, it turned into just television. But they still do it now just with current shows. Like, yeah. shows like, like I can understand maybe Teen Wolf, because it's, mm-hmm. it's elements of science it's fiction. It's still in the paranormal. And, and, exactly. Yeah. Supernatural belongs there, Doctor Who belongs there, sure. Marvel, all of them. But shows like, like again, like Gilmore Girls and stuff like that, it doesn't make sense. It, it, they don't need to be there. But yeah. do they get a draw? That would be my question. I'm sure. And if it do. gets a draw, that's why I mean, they're doing that's it. Why that's why they're doing it. it. It's a yeah. property that doesn't have a show other uh, other events. Now I've actually yeah. heard that Dragon Con is more of the one you want to go. to. I heard Dragon Con's yeah, actually pretty awesome. Amazing. Because yeah. I heard they do like the individual tracks. Like speaking of what you guys were talking about with like splitting things up like that. I heard they do like the tracks mm. where based on your fandom you go through the different tracks yeah. of what you want to do and so you can pretty much plan out what panels and things you want to go to and what events you want to attend based on what your interest is. I like the idea of a large a large convention, but I think San Diego Comic Con gets too big. Now coming up in, in just about a week from the time of this recording is Gen Con. And given the That's choice between the two, one. it is yeah. 
but it's not nearly the size of San Diego. It's still big, but it's manageable. If I had to choose between the two, I would take Gen Con any day. Well, I mean, you even look at a Comic-Con like Wizard World, and Wizard World, while large to us in Philadelphia, it's nowhere near the size of Comic-Con, or, or San Diego Comic-Con. Or it's not even, Actually, it's pretty close in size to New York Comic-Con. New York has yes. had bigger numbers than San Diego this year. Well, but that's also because they've oversold what uh, they had. Uh, they they were... I went to New York last year... It was totally crazy. I heard San Diego is still worse though because it's a smaller venue. Well, New York, it is. And um, New York Comic Con, literally, I, I bought maybe one thing on the floor the entire night, uh, the entire weekend I was there, mainly because of the fact that anytime it's hard as anything when you're going with the flow of traffic to even just move to the yeah. side to get to the vendor. And then once you're there, you kind of still get pushed away. So I realize I'm Italian. I'm using hand motions on a podcast <laughs> that, that all that you guys can see. Um, but it's just New York. I loved it. Um, I liked experiencing it at least once, but I'll never do it again because it was that. way too many people. Yeah, that's um, why I've never really had. Like, and even press, like I go to a lot, like Wizard World. I got I get press access too many games again. I'm going yeah. to uh, Walker Stalker Con in September, which is in Oaks. I have press for that already. Yeah. New York Comic Con press gives you nothing but admittance. Wow. You don't get VIP, you don't get any special access to any VIP panels. Yeah, Wizard good. World, you get hooked up. Any panel that's there, whether it's VIP or not, you go. And you sit up front. You can sit on the floor in between the audience and the panel and take pictures and everything. That's yeah. awesome. New York Comic Con does nothing for press yeah. other than get you in the door. Yeah. No, it's pretty crazy. Um, well, I mean, well, actually, real quick, let's uh, let's go around real quick and uh, people talk about their, their highlights from what they saw from San Diego. Or, if, or do we just want to throw out a couple things and just throw some group discussion? I'll, it's I, I like the way Rob's acting like we were all at San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> just just tell me about your highlights from San well, Diego. Well, no. tell I mean, me what you liked if, while if you, you were there. If you heard there. about anything from that convention. Out for, oh, that's more easy. Yeah, but, yeah. But, okay, so, so I'll jump in first. Okay. And um, because I'm such a big Blizzard fanboy, uh, they it's not it hasn't been released obviously to the general public. November. But they showed November. They showed the a trailer for the Warcraft movie. Not really a trailer. Um, kind of true, true. But, <clears throat> more yeah. or less completed shots. Um, which has me excited for the fact that well, the Warcraft movie is actually happening. Unfortunately, I haven't seen footage well enough. Where I could truly comment on I did see a leak. Um, not the clearest leak, but I will say this. Um, visually, it looks very Avatar-y. Um, I'm not quite sure on what I think that about it. Then I know. I'm not very sure what <laughs> I think about it yet. I thought Avatar was pretty much a overblown special effects Pocahontas. Oh, yes. was, but the special effects were great. Well, no. I thought I was, I'm saying, I'm saying normal, visual. It was visual. no good. Visual. I thought that Avatar failed to live up to Fern Gully. It was Fern Gully. But it didn't do good enough. It just <laughs> wasn't Fern Gully. Before, we, before no. we truly <laughs> derail this conversation, <laughs> I'm going to bring it back. We will have a Fern Gully Last Unicorn special episode if you want. If you want to get people together, we can talk old 80s movies. I mean, It'll Avatar was me. missing Robin Williams as Batty Coda, so I mean... <gasps> yes, he was the best! All right, Bill. Still so trying to pull it back. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited for it. I'm excited for hopefully hopefully it does well because Duncan Jones, the director, has said that, you know, between him and, and talking with Chris Metzen, the kind of the head of lore at Blizzard and, and, and story for and Warcraft. Duncan Jones too, if you're not if you're not familiar with that name, he did a movie called Moon, which was phenomenal. And he did some other stuff too. I I can't remember what was 
I remember reading it and I was like, why have I not heard that name before? Oh, because I still haven't seen like any movies that are out there. Um, but anyways, no, he still, he thinks he has enough, you know, there's enough content there to do a trilogy of movies. And even more so, there's really more than enough content to do a trilogy of movies with what's out there in the Warcraft universe. Are these, is this going to so, be live action? Or is it is live. Like it's, okay. it's like live action with, you know, again, like well, with yeah, the Avatar but, thing. With but it's not going to be like... Uh, motion capture, you know, with computer, okay. you know, CGI. Okay. So they they the orcs, it's that. following humans and the orcs, and the whole objective, as they said, is they want the orcs to be just as relatable as the human characters because the player fan base in Warcraft, it's you're either it for the Horde or you're split, for the Alliance, yeah. and it's very split. It so they said they're making split. the movie very specific and for that goal. There's enough, there's enough material that the, the World of Warcraft movies could, in essence, be the Fast and Furious of the sci-fi movies. Yes. Yes. Oh, Definitely. We'll have, we'll have Warcraft Kenny 7. Kenny will be there. I, I can't. He will I, watch I, I every single Kenny will one. be in on the seventh movie. <laughs> I will <laughs> certainly be there ready. Kenny will in probably like, be in the seventh movie. <laughs> <laughs> like 2045, Warcraft, you know, 13 comes out, and I'll be right there ready. Which still looks see. fake. Um, but no, I will say, it looked visually great. What they cut together for San Diego Comic-Con... I think, honestly, the best answer is instead of trying to hunt down that footage, wait until November when they actually have a trailer that yeah. gives you hype yeah. because this was a lot of slow-paced scenes that they showed cut together. It was probably just effects were complete. And they said, this is what we have to show you. And I can understand for them not releasing it because mm-hmm. from what I saw, I was like, visually, this looks interesting. But with the story segments that they showed me, it did not connect me to anything. And I'm like, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but if... They That's say, here's some what battles yeah. are, but they did show a lot of scenery. I will say, visually, it looked good, but I couldn't tell what was happening in the story based on what they showed. So On on the note of, it's kind of switching gears a little bit, but on your note of waiting for the trailer uh, before, you know, so you can see how it's meant to be seen, another trailer that came out at San Diego Comic-Con was Suicide Squad, yes. which was so leaked online from Wizard World, and that's when... San Diego. Or from San Diego. I got Wizard World on the brain. Uh, from San Diego. Okay. And, at, and at that point, that was when Warner Brothers was like, you know what? We can't cap this fountain. We're just going to put it out there so you can see it the way it's meant to be seen. Yeah. Yes. Not leaked. That was very not smart. leaked footage. And as yeah. someone that didn't ever follow uh, Suicide Squad uh, in the comics, I, I, it looks really good. Again, I, yeah, the only thing I s- would... I'm sure I'm going to love the Joker. I just... It's... I'm in the air on that. That's the only character I, I look I at. I don't go, know mm-hmm. how much he's going to play into the story, though, to yeah. be honest. I'm wondering if it's going to be a lot more backstory than we think. That's what I think. I, I, I can mean, see that. It's I, that, and maybe ultimately he's the big bad at the end. I, I'm thinking, well, there, if we've seen, the, we've all seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a cameo appearance from Batman yep, in the trailer. Yep. Uh, I think more Joker is going to play into the backstory of Harley Quinn. I think so. And then we're really not going to see him again. Because yeah, I don't really see him interacting too much. I think that's because I think in the whole scene at the end of the trailer when he's saying, I'm not going to not gonna kill you, I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. I think he's speaking to Harley. Probably. Because yeah. he um, is the one, in essence, in the, the, in the, the original story is, that drives her crazy. The, the other yeah. question at hand that a lot of fans are theorizing, mm-hmm. and it connects to in the other trailer that they showed, which was the actual real trailer for Batman vs. Superman instead of the tease. Um, in the Batman vs. Superman trailer, we do see a Robin suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all black. It's really, if you're not realizing that's the Robin suit, you will miss it. Uh, but it's got a message from the Joker on spray painted on it. And a lot of people are speculating that the reason Batman is on top of that, that purplish car that's being raced down the street. The Lambo. The Lambo. Uh, that, that was right after Joker killed Jason Todd. Um, Which again plays into the backstory of Joker and Harley. 
right. together. Yeah. yeah. So um, that could be the I'm going to I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you very very badly. Um, That's right. Yeah. That could be a torture that. moment with a Robin as well. So everybody's thinking it's that or it's the Harley Quinn origin. Yeah. So and either or are very feasible. Um, uh, there's a lot of signs pointing to the the Batman movie that they're doing with. Uh, uh, Jeff Johns and uh, Ben Affleck that are yes. running together. Jeff Johns being one of the major scribes and head of uh, DC Entertainment. Um, but he's one of the lead writers of DC Comics. And, and Ben Affleck who played Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, <laughs> a lot of people are saying that the the Batman arc is going to be the Red Hood story. After seeing like the trailer with the, the trailer finally released so with Batman and Superman... Um, I think Ben, like ben Affleck actually looks interesting. In it. I, I, I said from the beginning, when the, he was first cast, yeah. that Affleck was going to be amazing as Batman. Yeah. Because a lot of people put the, the Daredevil. Daredevil on him. And it really, the fault of Daredevil did not fall on Ben Affleck. The fault of Daredevil fell on Daredevil. It fell on the writers of that movie. Yeah. Affleck worked with what he had. And that's pretty much that I mean, was it. I mean, there's actually a couple like really good Wars scenes. One. There are there's some good moments in Daredevil. I mean, I, I think Colin Farrell as Bullseye was kind of a stretch, but uh, <laughs> I um, loved him as Bullseye. Bullseye was not Irish. I don't care. <laughs> but then again, but then again, Kingpin was not black either. So, um, but but Michael Clark Duncan was awesome with Kingpin. Um, but I, I'll agree with you though. I, I will say also too though that's a very product of a different superhero movie time. That was pre Iron Man. Uh, that's when it was movies like the 20th Century Fox uh, X Men movie. Um, I mean, this is going back a while. So, yeah, but even the 20th Century Fox X Men movie was not bad at all. It, it wasn't as horrible. As <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, you're right. We're in a post time where Disney owns Marvel, mm-hmm. and that's or Marvel Cinematic Universe is. Is People expect much. a lot more from their comic movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, actually, it's that and Snyder's Watchmen. Yeah. I loved Watchmen. And on the, on the note of, so on the note of Batman v Superman, I mentioned it earlier how much I hate Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that one of my biggest issues with Man of Steel was the amount of destruction that happened in that movie. But I love how much because, they're addressing that. And I, I like that. I give Zack Snyder a lot of credit. Um, I have, I've had people turn to me and say, well, that was part of the plan from the beginning. No, it wasn't because Batman v Superman wasn't even an idea in Zack Snyder's head when he wrote Man of Steel. So the whole fact that he's incorporating it into Batman v Superman, uh, as part of Man of Steel was, is, that's bullshit. That wasn't planned. He's, he's course correcting. He's course correcting. Which I'm fine with. But you know what? Yes. It's, you do what's needed to be done. You know, it's fine. Because that, in essence, that was a big complaint of a lot of people in Man of Steel. Was that? It's completely. I understand rewriting an origin. You can't rewrite a character. You can't write. You can't rewrite a character. Even though they made him better because no. he wasn't such no. a freaking goody no. two shoes. It does That's what makes Superman Superman. Oh, is he's a goody two him. shoes. He's hate all about it. justice and saving people. Hate as it. much as I hate Superman being this incredibly lawful good. I must do good, the exactly best, it. most lawful thing ever all the time. That's who he is. It is. Yeah. But you know what the thing is, is? We also don't get to see him balanced out. And that's what I'm really looking forward to is after the big fight happens in this movie, you finally have the balance because you have the character that's the dark and the broody and the super positive and they find that middle ground. Yes. And that's what makes that character a lot more fun and relatable is because Superman in his books, like Man of Steel, that was a big weakness was 
It was him on his own journey. Yeah. It wasn't him working with anybody. He works well with a yeah. It's... Superman is made up by his ensemble of who he works with: Perry White, Lois Lane, mm-hmm. um, Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy Olsen, a rivalry yeah. with Rex, Lex Luthor, his uh, his family, the Justice League. Mm-hmm. That makes Superman who Superman is. Yeah. It's not just him by himself, and that's what Man of Steel was. So you're not going to get the character that you that everybody wants and expects. Yes, and but he, I no. Go ahead. Speaking of Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor with hair. <laughs> glorious, what? glorious hair. You know, I really like him as Lex Luthor. Yeah. I, I was very skeptical. Yeah, I think good. he Even looks really trailer. good as Luthor. I yeah. think he's going to be awesome. I Honestly, the red I capes are coming good. line. I'm like, I'm sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I, it's, it has that weird, kooky, conspiracy theorist. But and then he's also playing that Mark Zuckerberg-esque millionaire. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, that's so fitting for this timeline. Yeah. And yeah. then you see him with that massive rock of kryptonite. And you're like, there, that's how he loses his hair. It's the radiation. I didn't, oh. think about it. I didn't oh. even think it's about it. It's the that. radiation because in the comic books, oh. he dies. He died at one point in the time of the comic book because of long-term radiation. Even if you watch the Justice League animated series, Luther got cancer from long-term yeah. exposure to kryptonite. Kryptonite, wow. And the reason he stayed alive, it was the end of the Justice League animated series, was he came well, back even- because of Brainiac. Nano nanotech and kept him alive. Even in the Smallville television story, television series, uh-huh. he loses his hair due to meteorite rock uh-huh. from radiate from. So I like that we're going to see both ends of it because we saw his head shaved a couple months ago on the cover of yeah. Entertainment. Yeah, uh, which I think uh, is going to be like a play in the end of the movie. Uh, I, think so. I know, hair. glorious locks of hair. All I can think of is Arrested Development with the hair. <laughs> I always say this, Gal, <laughs> Gal Gadot. She looked great. Um, she does. I, I think she's gonna make a great Wonder Woman. I don't I think know. So too. I don't know how integral she's going to play I think into it's this be story. I don't really think it's gonna be. I can't say one essential. way or the other because she was in the trailer for half a second. Um, yeah, you did one see second. her in streets, and it did look like yes. very much her and Bruce knew each other. Yes. So it's kind of cool that it looks like they're playing up some angles from the old comic book stuff. Yeah. So, so I mean, but I mean, to the wrap up the Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman story, um, again, I hated Man of Steel. My hopes have been renewed after seeing these two trailers for DC. Uh-huh. And I will say this: yeah. if you watch it too, they both had color. They didn't look as washed out as Man yeah. of Steel. Yeah. 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 Like Superman, actually, he didn't have that kind of froey hair that he had in Man of Steel. They actually yeah. slipped it yeah. down. Like he looked like it. He, he the, their colors were there's blue and red. It's not that's kind of a dark blue and a really dark red. <laughs> Am I the only one too when Martha Kent turned to Superman and said, you don't owe these people anything, thought, what a bitch. Yeah. No. yeah. Again, I like that. Like, I, I picked up on that. No, that because really that was my problem. Yeah. That was the problem with Man of Steel was, it was, um, with, with, with Jonathan Kent being kind of like, Oh my no, God, no, no. I know, that was that ridiculous. Was, that was, that's my that other huge yeah. plot point problem that with that movie with that. is, Going back to my hatred of Man of Steel because of this. This is probably my number two biggest issue with that movie, Past the Destruction, is Jonathan Kent's death. People don't realize Jonathan Kent died of a heart attack in the comic books and in the movies for a reason. It showed Superman had vulnerability. He could not save everybody, no matter how bad he tried. And it was a really well-written story. It was. The fact that Kevin Costner stood in front of a tornado and said, no, no, don't save me, is Bullshit. Because he could have very easily saved his it's dad. True. Very, very easily saved his father. It doesn't show weakness. It shows stupidity. But what did what did, the only thing? And I, it's not a great part of the movie for me either. I don't really care. But the thing <laughs> I liked about it and what it goes into with Superman Devil's is it shows yeah. it shows a side of Superman that I want in all the superheroes. Stupidity. No questions. No. What is the moral thing to go? Dilemmas. Not simply, I am good and I will always do what is good. It's going, this is good, but 
This is but right. But that's not and Superman. What do I do? That's what I. That's realistic, though. It's not. No, this, we're talking it's not, about a flying man that shoots heat vision from his eyes. I want realism. And can blow cold and see through walls. I get it. But that's not Superman. You go back to the original Christopher Reeve but Superman. But they're making it better. When, in your opinion. Exactly. And we've already established my opinion is always right. If you go back to the original Superman, when Superman is fighting Zod and the other two, there's a point where they literally, they don't even lift it. They just slightly move a bus full of people. Christopher Reeve as Superman stands back. No, the people. That's it. The fight's over. If you go through Man of Steel, they're going through buildings and people are fucking dying from yeah. these guys battling it out. That is not Superman. But it's more realistic. But you realize, too, that's also probably one of the reasons why Zack Snyder never put Superman in the title of the movie. Yeah. Because he knew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is not Superman. Yeah. This is dark and this is brooding. That's fucking Batman. That's not Superman. It, yeah, that's true. Sorry. Or Oliver Queen. And yet Sorry. another reason. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, 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 not tonight, not tonight. No. <laughs> Next time you're on. Yes. <laughs> How about this? We'll have you back, definitely. Oh, I'd like to have you back beforehand. Fall season start, first episode of Arrow, the week after. Oh my we'll gosh. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. Okay, cool. Because at San Diego Comic-Con... I did see that. He did reveal the Green Arrow suit. good. Yep. And he said Star really City. Good. Made me happy. Yep. All right. So, um, real quick, to finish up a little bit more Comic-Con talk. Um, another big trailer. Uh, was Well, before that one, because we'll close on that. Deadpool. Yeah. Leaked, not See, officially revealed yet. But. Now that's that. a hero. <laughs> yes, Deadpool. Best, best line of that, that that leaked trailer footage was, you know, Wade Wilson dying from like many, many forms of cancer. And uh, they said, look, we can make you better. Because he went through the Weapon X project like Wolverine and Sabretooth and came out really fucked up. Um, and uh, as they have him on the gurney and they're willing him into the opera room, he's like, look, if you turn me into a superhero and you give me a super suit, don't make it green and don't make it animated. Big, huge, dig at Green Lantern, the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> Still, though, favorite from my favorite from the trailer, I'm wearing a red suit so people can't tell when I'm bleeding. He knows what I'm talking about. He's wearing brown pants. <laughs> Come on. Like, this movie looks great. And then he yeah. shoots him in the fucking head. Fantastic. And I love the fact that, like, even though, because he meets his sidekick who was trained by Colossus, which we know is in the movie for a couple moments, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, the character in the comic book and... The same as this is the Negasonic Teenage Warhead. And he's like, what's your name? And she said, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. And he's like, and there's a long pause in the trailer. He's like, that's the greatest name I've ever heard. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, like, it's it's Deadpool. Like, he's going to break awesome. the fourth wall left and right. Yep. He knows he's a comic book character. Well, have you really seen the different. test footage that they shot yes. before this? And it's what really got this movie made. Oh, the, the best moment. I showed it to Kat. It's when the car's uh, yeah, flipping and he's, you can see him through the moonroof. And he's holding up the crown drawing yeah. of a stick person getting killed, and he's <laughs> yeah. like pointing at the dude. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it, Kenny? Uh, the the pre leaked. I saw it a long time ago. Okay. Oh, that's but that's that was all CG. That was, a, test, that was yeah. a, that was that was a concept footage. Yeah. But uh, that's if it's mm-hmm. that, and it looks like they did. They're doing that, and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the last one. And Ryan Reynolds is perfect casting for that. God, yes. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Reynolds would be great. And TJ Miller. I know. Who I, who've we've talked to, we've talked to on my podcast. Sorry. Um, yeah, a couple episodes ago, so go back and listen, definitely. Um, so, my favorite thing, though, from San Diego Comic-Con, hands down, and, um, uh, is Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yay! 
Which is coming to stars starting on October 31st, Halloween. Halloween. And who has stars? Crap. <laughs> chirp, chirp, crickets, yeah. crickets, chirp. You're right. So we get, we're getting 10 30-minute episodes. Oh, my God. They showed a really Bruce nice Campbell. full trailer. I know. It is. Yeah, you showed me that, and that looks like it it's going to be It is glorious fuck. It looks funny as fuck. Yep. Not only more Bruce Campbell, but more of the Oldsmobile. The 76 Olds yep. is back. We're also getting Lucy Lawless. And Tina, yep. yes! <laughs> Which is pretty cool because we're going to get Lucy Lawless going back to work with Robert Tappert, Sam Raimi. Actually, it's Luce, Lucy Lawless and Bruce Campbell reuniting after Xena days. Yeah. The only, the only thing I heard is I, wa- I watched the panel and there was one question asked that I would have asked. And uh, sadly, they said not this season, but if they come back next season, definitely. No Ted Raimi in a crazy suit. Aww. Uh, so he said Ted's not in the first season. Now uh, I I have season. heard rumors. I don't know if anybody has anybody seen the remake, the reboot of Evil Dead. I yes. did. Yeah, I love it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it's good. Old weird. school effects. I mean, they said they put in like ten tanker trucks of fake blood just for that final scene. At the and end. they referenced a lot of the original. The Oldsmobile movie. is yeah. in it. The co- the college sweatshirt is from it. The cab and like there's so many old references. But if you watch, there's a stinger. At the very end, yes. after the credits, of Bruce Campbell saying Groovy. Yep. There have been rumors now that this, it exists. that this TV show and the movie are actually in the same universe. universe and they will meet. Oh, that's neat. Okay. Um, they did a little Q&A with Sam Raimi. And uh, he, they did say, what's the deal? Are we going to see Mia come and transition? He said, the idea right now is still that the TV show is doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. They want to get Fede Alvarez to come back to do a sequel. First, before they introduce her into this universe, because they want to get the tonal shift to match, because right now it doesn't. It's I very different. It's the, yes. Watch yes. Evil Dead One, and then watch Army of Darkness, and skip Evil Dead Two, which is a bridging point. Yeah. Which is here's a straight horror film into a pure fucking action comedy. Yeah. Um, so both said both gra- f- fantastic in their own right. But they did say that their goal is that they would like to do that, Eventually. get him to do some transition and have them meet up. Meet. Yes. Um, and they said their goal is they would love to actually have Ash in a movie with Nia. It, it's been it's been rumored. I haven't seen it pop up. Um, I've heard some people confirm it, some people deny it. That there actually was a scene filmed. Yes, the for, ending scene with Ash driving the truck. with Ash driving the truck. Yes, yeah. coming across Mia walking down the road. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I will say this, um, out of everything that came out of San Diego Comic-Con, that has me the most excited. Um, there is one other thing that I did make mention to earlier, was not an official panel or an official confirmation, um, an official announcement at Comic-Con, but was confirmed by the director in a YouTube video that was clipped. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. interviewed, um, somebody asked Richard Donner, who was the director of Goonies, um... Will you ever make a comic book movie or another comic book movie? Because I think he's done one before. Uh, and his response was, uh, if you th- believe that The Goonies is a comic book movie, then yes, because we are making a sequel. So Richard that Donner himself would be amazing has confirmed that a sequel is in the works with the original cast of The Goonies. And the most Thank important God. question... Will there be another truffle shuffle? <laughs> oh, it's going to get referenced. You, that's, yeah, All of the good stuff's getting referenced. Yeah, no, there's I'm just curious the invention that Data has made at this point. Well, I don't oh. know, because if you look at the inventions his father made, they were just as good as Data's. Uh-huh. So Data's inventions still might not be that great. Mm-hmm. I'm well, kind of curious. See, but well, they yeah, can go in an entirely different direction and have him be this burnout that never managed to make it at MIT. 
And yeah, which which one actually got the girl, the older brother or the younger brother? I mean, they both hooked up with her. Oh my god, can you imagine Josh Brolin <laughs> in the Goonies too? Oof. Well, I mean, they're going to be parents this time around. Oh, yeah. So the rumored plot is that it's going to be their kids getting into trouble, and they actually have to go after them. Oh, so yeah. it's it's the kids oh, and the parents would, together. That's that pretty, which is pretty cool. So you get you get them acting out their future. Ah, oh, that. Yeah. Which would be pretty good. cool. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. So, if done right, it could be pretty amazing. All I have to say is follow the uh, the plot line of Goonies 2 for NES. Annie, for some reason, is a mermaid, and what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, but we're going to move to a real quick final topic that's something really fast before we close out the show with the MFK. Is, um, the reason I have to bring it up is Ben recently had a big project that he just finished. Uh, I have a project that I'm starting, so I'm very curious to hear about everybody else. Is... Um, what is everybody's geek, a dream geek project that they want? Something that they're building or working on that they want to. I have, have a project that I just. Well, finished. you just have your you have your home theater stuff now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. your projector and your movie screen. I thought you were referring to something else, and I was like, no, that's not done yet. So <laughs> unless there's other things too, you guys want to talk about really quick. But, you said uh, this be really quick. This could turn into like you know <laughs> this, a five hour long conversation. There's, there's a lot going on. Well, I got this though. I got this. Uh, and this is a dream. Out. This is not something I'm working on. What is your geeky dream project? Geeky dream project is to wear the motion capture suit for the son of Jar Jar Binks oh in Movie God. 9, the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> Mic drop, I'm out. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. Are you going to do the voice for him, too? Well, no, it would just be the suit. Come on. I can't do more than one thing. I want you to earn your money if we're going to pay you to wear the suit. That's all I want to do. I just want to wear On a suit. small scale, I would want to do um, the Mass Effect armor, like the M7 armor from Mass Effect, but like uh, Commander Shepard's. We're awesome. Yeah, that'd be yeah. really cool. My, I have no skill with any of that my stuff, dream, so that is a pipe dream. My dream me. cosplay is Dr. Doom. Ooh. Like that. Actually, uh, I, take that, awesome. I take yeah. that back. Yeah. My dream cosplay achievable is Dr. Doom. Yeah. My all-time my all-time biggest project cosplay that I would love to do but I don't think I could ever do is Lord Zed from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, that that costume is so incredibly intricate and complicated it's ridiculous. And I would I'd have to be like a professional I'd have to invest a lot of money Mm -hmm. to make that costume. Doom could be made out of foam. Yeah. I pulled off Shredder I think. Pretty well. Yeah, that was really well done. Badass. So shoot me a photo of it, and I'll make sure it goes up. Okay, the yeah, well, Bill, uh, I I think I'd have to make my dream battle station computer and have you know a wall of like maybe nine or twelve monitors, all just kind of like <laughs> arrayed so perfectly, being able to see either you know one giant picture or multiple different screens, so I can keep track of. Everything that I would ever want to keep track of, watching five different shows, so I can actually catch up on TV and movies that I haven't <laughs> seen um, while playing games. A bunch at the of people's like phone conversations at the same time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't have Lucius Fox okay, working for me in my basement. He's going to watch a bunch of people's phone conversations Bill, uh-huh. the camera yeah, on the phone. Bill, can I just say I like you so much more because you got every oh, reference no. I've thrown out there tonight. <laughs> I am good. It's funny. I'm really good at references, even though there's a lot of movies I haven't seen. I make references from movies I yeah. haven't seen. I made references to The Big Lebowski. <laughs> You've never seen and it? I, no, I, I finally okay. seen it. <laughs> but I made references before I saw the movie. I had people screaming at me.
me, threatening to do me bodily harm because I've made these references and I hadn't seen the movie yet. And now I finally get the reference of that rug really pulls the room together. Okay, <laughs> what's your dream geek project? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm actually working towards it. No shock to the people here that I'm a board game guy. I have a couple games in development. There is a chance of selling one or two of them to a major publisher come this fall. Uh, I am working towards that as well, but I guess if you're going to go in the dream category, it would be to take it one step further and actually design and publish the games myself and make that a full-time job. Can I be in your entourage? You can absolutely be in my entourage. I'll be that guy that's not good at anything. And I don't know if one of the two that he's talking about, but me and Kimmy are also working on a game together that we mentioned a little while back. Um, really, really hoping to... Actually, no, we might as well just bring it up now. You've told me about it, and I love the idea of this um, game. You know, because we never brought it up, we just kind of gave it a tease. Um, if you see something on our group page called Thursday the 13th, Keep your eye on that. Uh, hopefully, we'll have more to show soon. Um, Kevin, uh, who you see a, a lot of the Defending the Point articles on the website, has been hard at work on both teaching art classes, but he's also been freelancing and doing art for our game. Um, so it is a... Do you want to bring it up, what it is exactly? It's a, it's a horror-themed game that is very, very much in the style of Take That. Which basically means you are screwing over everybody else at the table. There's a monster going around. You are pushing people into the monster. You are getting them drunk so the monster can attack them. You're engage. You're having them engage in, shall we say, coitus. <laughs> Come on. You're having them fuck. <laughs> Which of course it's it's every trope that you can think of in a movie that will draw the monster to you. Getting drunk, taking a walk alone saying i'll be back skinny dipping skinny dipping is in it we have all of it hey look at this look at this book made of human skin let's read a few passages but it is a it's a very quick paced fun game where you are basically encouraging your other friends to do stupid stuff so that they get killed by the monster first i love it yeah last person alive could make it to sunrise and live so even the last person alive could, te- in essence, yeah. not We're, yeah. we're not going to talk about the, the end yeah. section because, uh, like I said, we have the mechanics completely worked out, but I'd like to leave a little bit to, for yeah. future unveils. But, uh, but yeah, Thursday the 13th, I think, is the name that we settled on. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, hopefully before the end of the year. I'm really hoping. Awesome. Uh, at least it has a print and play on the website. Even and if it, that's, it, uh, is a little, it is a little comic-y as well. Like it's, it's a spoof. It's a horror movie, it's but it's a spoof. Though. It's it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be silly. It's meant to make people laugh as, as they're doing these tropes. Yeah. So, Ben, I'm, what is your dream project? I'm actually currently... Um, a couple years ago, I worked on and completed or helped complete a zombie movie that is currently available on Amazon. Uh, I do not recommend watching it because it is horrible. <laughs> Uh, it got hijacked. The editing process pretty much got hijacked by the director, and we all got left out. Mm, so it didn't look anything like we envisioned it. Envisioned it when we were filming it. We had a blast filming it. Um, the scenes, the rough edits looked great, but when he put it together, the final product just didn't look that great. Um, mm-hmm. I've been writing some projects of my own, even before then, and now since then. Uh, I have one project that I've really, really come to love, and I have been focusing on more than any of the other ones. And I'm about halfway through it. And once I'm through it, I have a couple friends who work in production companies that we're going to start pitching it to to possibly get it done. Um, 
the it's a spoof on it's very uh Shaun of the Deadish or Tucker versus Dale versus mm-hmm. Tucker and Dale versus Evilish. Yeah. Um yeah. it's pretty much about a uh a con- it, uh, pretty much the title of it's called Con of the Damned. So you can pretty much imagine <laughs> nice. it's it's pretty much about uh, a prop. Now wait, wait, wait. Is it about a prison or no, a no, no, it's about a convention. That's awesome. Um, there's a, a particular prop at a convention that is sold as a movie prop that people do not realize will actually open a portal to nice. a dimension that brings things into the convention. Pending, 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 pending. Yes, it copied. Well, <laughs> copyright, um, copyright. The idea is copyrighted already, oh, so good, it can't. Good. It cannot be taken. Um, and if it does, I can sue your ass. Yay. Which is great because go ahead and do it because I don't have funding for the movie. Uh, but it's it's pretty much and you know during this convention when these things break out people it's people don't realize what's going on because it can be confused with cosplay and stuff like that. So I'd love to see the extra in that. There's comedy. There's a lot of comedy involved in it. Uh, again, awesome. like I said, it's on the the, ver- the the nerve of Tucker and Dale versus Evil and Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that. There's nice. moments that are meant to be scary. Uh, my dream for one of the final scenes, which I don't think will ever happen, I'll write it, but I'll write an alternate too, is I would love a uh, car chase through the city, but in movie vehicles that were at the con. Oh. <laughs> so like the Adam West. So like the Adam West Batmobile is chasing the Jeep Wrangler from Jurassic Park, <laughs> or the or the Trans Am from you know Smoking the Bandit. The A Team van. Or the A Team van would be awesome. That's pretty you know, cool. So yeah, it's, I love that. It's a dream. Um, if you're gonna do that, I it's feel a dream like the Popemobile has to come in somehow. <laughs> what would the Popemobile be? I don't doing know, but I I just I just want it to be putzing along there. But you know, like all of a sudden, you know. In the scene, science like, fiction, Christianity. You there'll know. be a big group of people outside the convention center because the convention center is closed off. It turns into the movie, and then all of a sudden, the general Lee blasts through the door, and that's pretty cool. There's a chase that pursues through the city. Uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, anybody else? Real quick to, to finish this out. All right. Well, for mine is a uh, real well, quick. Well, Kat, though. didn't you just have a, a book come out recently again? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's not like you know. That's a reality. I'm helping you plug, and she's going. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Actually, by the time this comes out, you do have a new book coming out. So definitely pitch that now. Yeah. Okay. It's (laughs) all right. It's uh, it's smutty paranormal romance. Read it. Uh, (laughs) What's it called? Soul Solution. It's uh, actually part of the Beyond Fairy Tales line that my one publisher does. Um, they do um. They assign you a fairy tale and you have to twist it. And you can do whatever subgenre of romance you want. Um, so I chose paranormal romance. The actual story I got assigned was super lame. It's called String of Pearls. Don't read it. It sucks. It's like. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should have done something. We all something. made the jokes. Yes. I should have done something. They're there. We're just not touching them. I should have done something clever with a string of pearls. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> But instead, it has to do with uh, soul collectors and clubbing through Copenhagen. So yeah. it's very cool. It's a very cool and book. sex and sex. And yeah, <laughs> uh, mine is, and it's really exciting because right before we got here, uh, on my way home from work, the first component of my dream project, which I've wanted to do all my life, is here. And after this podcast, I'm going to be slicing it open, and I'm super pumped. <laughs> I'm finally building my. It's arcade. a baby. He's going to slice it open. <laughs> yeah. I am finally building an arcade cabinet, um, and uh, I am super pumped, and one of the reasons I'm doing this now 
is this is uh, the first plug for this, and that we will you'll be hearing about many times on our Twitter, our personal Facebooks is Extra Life. Um, Extra Life is November seventh this year, which is the same charity that we've done the last two years. This is all be our third, and we're super passionate, super happy about this. And this year, I'm hoping to make it very special, especially for my team. Hopefully, a lot of them are actually the ones sitting in this room right now too. Yeah, team! Yay. Go team, go! So it, um, I, I have to be explained what extra life is. Extra no, life. no you're not. No, 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 no. Let's not explain it. You're just showing up. Actually, <laughs> I was going to ask you tonight if you wanted to get. Involved. I think it's, so it's here's my pitch. It's like a 24-hour marathon of video games. 24-hour yeah. marathon for video games and board games. I'm in. It's like a walk. It's like a walkathon. You get your pledges. People just. You have a web portal. I know what this is because I've actually thought about doing this on my own before, but uh, I'd rather do it with the team because it's more fun. We'll yeah, join than fun. sitting so by myself in my, in my <laughs> so apartment. Plan now. I'm going to tell you this now. Take a half day Calendar. on November sixth, <laughs> which is a Friday, at ten o'clock or eleven o'clock that night. You're going to meet us here, or you can do what I did last year, which is work all day and then work an event at night until eleven, and so don't I don't do get any sleep. Then. I work until the time and then stay up. So I was up for forty some hours. I'm just, games. I'm pretty much just putting November sixth through November eighth. Fucked. Extra Re- life. Recovery day is required. Yep. Yeah, no, that's gonna be a necessity. So anyway, like I said, it's a, it's a blast. We're playing for <coughs> Children's Miracle Network uh, and uh, specifically um, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. One hundred percent of the proceeds for this charity go directly to the hospital. That's awesome. none of this yeah. is skimmed yeah, at all really for cool. the charity to help help them. Keep everything afloat. All of this goes directly to Children's Miracle Network, and they do it across the country. Um, really amazing. Keep your eye on the website. We'll have our portals up and links. Um, I'll get the information to Ben, too, so hopefully you'll be able to find that stuff on Next Level Radio as well, uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks. But we'll probably be launching our campaign starting the first week of August or so. And we will be doing some very cool things this year. Our, our Extra Life, we've got a lot of plans coming down. We're going to have set times to do specific kind of shows and we're going to like record them we'll be able to hear some of the stuff that we do so you as the audience will be involved in this as well can we live stream this we can do a little bit of that stuff but i'd like to try to keep it more focused on us a lot of people do a lot of live streams up but what we're going to do is we actually have in the 23rd hour uh when we're all loopy we're going <laughs> to probably do a video and an audio this podcast of a game called Snake Oil. Snake Oil. Snake Oil is so much fun. And oh it's we, we almost played this so much fun. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Yes. The idea of Snake Oil, if you can imagine about 8 to 10 people, very, very sleep-deprived and exhausted, having to do a game where they have to pitch the creation of weird inventions to one specific person in the room. And um, that game. It was You're awesome. basically going to, each player is going to take their hand of ten cards, and they're going to choose two of those cards. And each card either has a noun or an adjective on it. You're going to put them together, and that's going to be that's the your product. product. Yeah. And you are going to pitch that in your best salesman voice to whoever they decide the so target audience is. So pretty much if you're is. on the opposite <laughs> side of the room, all you hear is Kenny. I am exquisite <laughs> at this game. But anyway, so we've got a lot of fun things we're planning and we're starting to plan in advance, but the, that cabinet is, I'm building it because it's something I've always wanted to do, but it's something I thought would be really fun for everybody playing this year to be able to enjoy. So, um, so yeah. So um, let's close out the show the way we close out every other show, which is our MFK. And tonight, because of 
the discussions of Satoru Wada's death. We thought it would be really amusing to do corpses. Oh, <laughs> oh man. dude, really terrible! Oh, I am oh, god. <laughs> That was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Even for most standards, that was pretty bad. <laughs> Man. Um, but tonight we're going to do Nintendo characters. Kenny will be eaten by cats! I felt already bad about Goodbye. doing that, but then Kenny just raises the bar. Um, but so, he makes what we're about to do more acceptable. It's so, true, it's true. tonight, our MFK follows Mario, Link, and Kirby. So, I'm, tonight I'm going to start <laughs> off with... Hmm... <laughs> I'm gonna start off with Kenny. <laughs> oh, I was trying for you. I was trying. Well, unlike most times that we do this MFK, I was actually given this list before the show, so no longer is sprung on me, and I have to think of it. That's because you this didn't time, come in late this time. That's that's absolutely true. <laughs> this is also, I think, one of the first ones in a long time that everybody here at this table knows all three There's of these characters. characters. It's true. It's true. I, I will admit in advance, I have played a game with a Mario character. I played a game with a Link character. The closest I've ever come to Kirby was I played you Super played Smash, Smash Brothers. Brothers. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. So I, I get Smash. the idea. And in thinking about this, there was a lot to think about, and it's very, very obvious who you should marry. There's really only oh, I one choice. I was thinking choice. a different one, but okay. There's really only one choice, because <laughs> if you, whoever you marry, you're going to live with. And if you live with Kirby, he's going to eat your house. Yeah. <laughs> if you live with Mario, he's going to jump and destroy your house. And fix your plumbing. You all, oh, yeah, yeah, that does a lot. Hey, my plumbing works. I have no ceiling. No. Link is the only choice that you can have to live with. And it works so well. Because Link is a defender. He will defend your home from anything that comes. He's a provider. He will go out and he will harness some jewels to keep you guys, like, fed. And no, Link, Link is a great choice to live with. Which then comes down to who do you kill and who do you fuck? <laughs> This was not easy, because Kirby is, let's face it, the fat chick in the room, whereas Mario is the hairy one. So what do we do with this? And I thought long and hard about it. And what I realized is when we referenced, absolutely, because I realized that Kirby inhales things. Damn it! Which means Kirby has suction. Oh, yes! Suction! I think a lot of us had our minds on yeah. Kirby for that. Kirby is <laughs> going to be... Kirby is going to be the fuck. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Besides the fact with Mario, no matter what hole you went in, it's going to be hairy, and I prefer shaved. So Mario has got to be killed. Link has got to be the person I live with and keep my home in order. And Kirby, oh lordy. Suck it, Kirby. <laughs> suck it long and suck it hard. Well, Kat, you already apparently have a very clear, different mindset on this, so I'm, go I'm going to go with you next. <laughs> I mean, I agree with them on Link. Link's the obvious choice to marry. Um, Kirby, I would kill. And Mario, I would fuck because, hey, it's a plumber. He knows your plumbing. Oh, my. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, so the pipes are going to be clean. Right, yep. So... Alright, uh, Fesh. Whew, this one's interesting. I'm thinking I end up marrying Kirby. And that mainly... Oh, well, adorable. I marry Kirby for no, a specific just, reason. I'm just imagining you and Kirby skipping through a field of grass together. Which it's would really be precious. wonderful. Aww. But here's the thing. Link and Mario spend all their time <laughs> doing what? Chasing down their princess. 
And I'm sorry, but if I'm marrying any of these characters, I'm a power top. Right? <laughs> so I'm nobody's princess. So since Kirby doesn't exist along those lines, Kirby definitely I'm marrying. Well, um, I was going to say, I can see you more as the, the princess that gets captured and they have to come come rescue. But Well, yeah, because I'm inept. <laughs> I mean, I get that, but... From a sexual standpoint, no, I'd rather not be anybody's princess. You probably would. <laughs> that's not what it is. They'd go kicking down castle you're, doors and I was up a tree the whole time. Yeah. That's... Your cats are going to be eaten. <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. Yeah, but then they come back as hairballs, which to me is hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. That's just poetic justice. I like that while I said that, cat is literally holding a cat and it glared at me. <laughs> They're pretty I think smart. your cat understands what I was talking about. She They're does. pretty smart. So Kirby gets she married. Mario baseball. So I, I think, I think that I would fuck Link. Because out of Link and Mario, Link is just, I, I connect more, I think, with him. I, I enjoyed the games more. Uh, Zelda more, more so than I did the old Mario games. So that leaves Mario uh, on the chopping block. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to dive in next. Um, so, looking at this, I think my answer is going to be super similar to a lot of other people. Because, uh, you know, Link, you know, Every time you seem to, to find him, he's always asleep in a bed somewhere. So it's kind of like, oh, come on, dude, what the fuck? But that at least means he has a home. So, you know, like, he, he at least is paying his bills. He cuts a lot of grass. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, and yeah, yeah, occasionally every once in a while he disappears for three weeks on a so-called uh, adventure. But, um... That's but, just such a boys' night out. Yes, but Link also sleeps in a lot of other people's beds. He does. <laughs> he really, really does. Let's, let's be honest. Like, oh, let's be Link honest, though. If you, if you marry Link, and I think it's still the obvious choice, you have to make sure you don't have a couple things in your home. You don't have treasure chests or put anything in chests because he's always dumping them on the floor. If you have pots, he's going to break everything you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, no rock guard. Make sure you don't have chickens um, because you're going to have a weird love-hate relationship with your chickens. Um, so... I, I think uh, Link's still a very obvious choice. He doesn't say much, which is sometimes, you know, that could be a positive, that could be a negative, um, which leads me to why you kill Mario, because all he ever says is, it's a me, Mario! <laughs> uh, and it's a lot of obnoxious statements all the time. Uh, you know, if he's going to break things like Link is, but he's not bringing anything positive to the equation. <laughs> it's just a very hyperactive, self-destructive person. Um uh, so I think Mario. Who do you think you married, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you know, too. Like his, his brother's always hanging around with him all the time. So it's gonna be. It's not you're just marrying one person. You're marrying his entire family. <laughs> Italians, um, yeah. <laughs> you're probably gonna have a little toad running around. The you're house gonna have too. toad dealing with you. He's always gonna be like, you know, dealing with weird things. He's into a lot of like. He does a lot of odd cosplay. Like for some odd reason, he has oversized boots. He likes to hang in. He has a weird, like, raccoon suits and frog suits and nail kitty suits. And just, his keeps growing, and it's, I think it would get you're, a little excessive. The, and the other thing is, you're going to have to constantly clean up after Yoshi. I know, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's probably But on the plus side, you'd have eggs, like, every that's morning. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I think Mario's got to go. And Kirby, like, Kirby's still definitely the obvious fuck. And you said, you know, obviously everybody's like, you know, you know. It's that, it's that t-shirt, it's like the, uh, his little classic, I want you inside me t-shirt if you've never seen it before, which is always pretty pretty amusing. But everybody's forgetting one thing, though. Whatever Kirby takes in, he becomes as well. So, I mean, he could be anything you want him to be. It's still a big, you know, pink, fluffy marshmallow version of whatever you want it to be, but Kirby can Kirby can be your, your wildest fantasies while also <laughs> having great suction. So, so I think that's the answer, is marry Link, you fuck Kirby, and unfortunately you've got to kill him. I did not know that about Kirby. My so. choice just got better. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kenny, and then we'll close on Ben. Me? Again? You just went. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
I'm thinking about that. I am super sorry, buddy. I'm thinking about the best answers for this. And and actually I have changed my answer since I'm hearing all these great descriptions about why, you know, you should do things, you know, why you should marry this one, why you should kill this one. Um, but first of all, I'd like to say I have had like throughout this entire discussion just the the theme song from Kirby's Dreamland stuck in my head <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. Um He's dreaming of Kirby. So I think I'm gonna have to unfortunately kill the fluffball and kill Kirby. Um, I, I was originally gonna say let's marry Link, but then I thought, well, I couldn't have any nice potted plants in my house because they would be smashed immediately. But again, he always cuts the grass. He always does always cut the grass. Cut the grass. Mario's but Mario is known for not plumbing. destroying things. He destroys bricks. Fixing plumbing and is more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. As long grass. as my house isn't made of bricks, yeah. I think I'm safe. Straw house. Yeah, exactly. Straw yeah, house. So um, linoleum siding, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So straw house. Um, so so I think I'll, I'll fuck Link because you know, well, he's a he's a strapping young elven haired boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Captain Hatred or Sergeant Hatred. Sorry, um, Sergeant Hatred. But I'll have to marry Mario because yes, okay. Link yeah. also also too does make all of the O sounds and screams because that's all he can do in the games anyway. True. So you know. You're it is often mistaken by the unknowledgeable as a woman, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but the, another reason for not marrying Link because okay, I could put up with him being kind of quiet. I could not put up with hearing the little fairy over his shoulder shouting at me hey, every five listen. seconds. Hey, listen. Hey, hey listen. I'm like no, hey, no, listen. fuck you. The the fairy has to go. Hey, Navi has listen. to go right now. You can kill the fairy and marry yeah. Link. So, but anyways, no. anyways, I'm gonna stick with Buck and Link, and we're gonna marry Mario because yes, if he ever backs up the toilet, he can always just fix it himself. <laughs> That's true. Which he will. Plumbing and you know he comes. Expensive. His his brother he is a super sweet guy. Him. Luigi is he's fantastic. If you're at the top, you get to use if he's on his adventure, and somebody's like, "Where's your uh, where's your your husband?" He's like, "My princess is in another castle." Yeah, and so. plus, you know, with the suits that you brought up. You know, he's got... He's a cosplay enthusiast. He's a cosplay That's enthusiast. Positive. He's got the Tanuki suit, which means he's got super giant balls. <laughs> he's only gonna be... You're only gonna be top half the time. Every time Mario eats a mushroom, you know he's climbing on top then. That's perfectly wonder, fine. That's kind of like his Viagra. I think <laughs> <in this point>. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that, that's that, that's fine. Be like, that was great, Mario. You ready to go again? He eats a green mushroom. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, thinking about it, I think I would much rather get transported to Oz. <laughs> uh, no, I mean the obvious choice would be Kirby, because uh, let's face it, you, you want to do it in the pink. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was taken. Kenny. <laughs> Kenny gave me that one. I can't I don't take know what credit. What are talking for it. about? Um, uh, I would marry Mario because let's face it, he's Italian and Italians can cook. Yeah. That's a good point. And as Bill said, you know, with that cooking, if you happen to clog the toilet, you've got someone right there in the house who can fix it. So, you know, and Italians, that's a common problem. <laughs> um, and Link would be the obvious choice to kill because, again, he's a good looking, blonde haired, blue eyed person and if he ever came around mario i would be very sad so uh he'd have to die before it ever happened you don't trust your wifey man italian wifey man italian <laughs> no <laughs> well, you know, it's more kind of like i would assume that's gonna be more like a 
like a bear relationship. Yeah, pretty probably. much. <laughs> That's adorable. Pretty much. So he'd have to wear the Tycoon suit a lot. That would be so precious. <laughs> he could be a furry. Exactly. And you know, if you ever need, you know, if you ever actually need like actual medical assistance, his alter ego, Doctor Mario, can come oh, in and fix it up. That's true. He oh, kills it. He's, he's, got, he's got. He's got his practice on the side. And that's another so another bonus to marrying Mario is in the winter time, no heating bill. You feed him a flower, and you're good to go. Yeah. Yep. Just lights fires it's all over the house. Huh. Yeah. Very so, nice. Lots of pluses. There you go. Well, that was uh, episode 18 of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. As always, make sure you're always heading over to caffeinecrew.com, checking out the articles every uh, every weekday, whatever you want to do, but make sure you please definitely go and check that out. That's super important. It helps us make sure we continue to do this podcast. If you ever want to reach out to us, too, um, you can always do that through a number of different ways. You can hit us up on our Facebook. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter. Or you can always email us at thecaffeinecrew.gmail.com. Um, on top of that, though, um, like I said, Extra Life is coming up, as we mentioned a little bit ago. Make sure you're keeping tabs on us on all of those uh, outlets. We'll make sure we have links to everybody's full setups on the website under our special events tab or on the front pages of pinned posts on the website. We really, really need your support for this. This is an amazing charity. Um, but as we finish up here tonight, uh, we'll just go around the room. Everybody can give a little spiel of whatever they're working on, uh, any plugs that they have, and we'll uh, say goodnight. So, yeah, you'll you'll have seen in the past couple of weeks my Too Many Games coverage. <laughs> we had a super fun time, so go check it out. Yeah, I can't even... The, the words cannot not express how great this convention was, but I tried to do my best to put it into writing. Yeah. And you do a great job, Prescott Bill. Yeah, Prescott Bill. He has a song. I've heard it. It's Good. beautiful. It was part of the podcast. Yeah. That I listened to. So beautiful. Yeah. Um... Actually, we have a huge project in the works for Caffeine Crew that will be coming out probably before October. Um, so over the next couple months, keep tuned. Actually, funny enough, um, the opening question gives some hints at it because it has a Wonderland slant and it involves some wonderful photographers, um, some poetry, and it should be a really, really cool thing to check out. Awesome. Vesh. And I'm Vesh. I don't Vesh. work on anything. <laughs> He's just kind of like still hand jobs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gonna go. One of these. One of these. One of these days. One of these days. I'm gonna finish my TK bill. One of these days. Just awesome. probably not today. Kenny. Uh, whenever movies come out that are big, I try and get an advanced screening of them and put out some uh, some reviews of them, let you guys know whether they're good or not, give a little bit of a humorous slant so it's entertaining, and basically give you the average guy's view of whether the movie is entertaining or not, rather than those people that are all pretentious and, oh, well, this didn't quite live up to the idiosyncrasies. No, was it freaking Actually, good or was I it I got to say, too, uh, reading through your Ant-Man review, really good review, dude. Really good yeah, review. Ant-Man was a good movie, too. Check it out, and if you haven't seen it, remember there are two stingers in that, halfway through the credits and at the very end. It's a you Marvel movie. Stay till you end. always stay till the end. A lot of people left when I was there. I stayed till the end of Pixels, and <laughs> there was nothing there. Really? <laughs> nothing. But it's nothing. But there's a little bit of a stinger at the very end, in, at the very end of the movie, but there's nothing at the end of the credits. Okay. So, oh, so Ben, almost. Well, first off, thank you so much for joining yeah. us tonight. No problem. We're talking about getting together for a and while. 
doing and one thank of you for the plugs over the past couple You're podcasts. Welcome, thank so. you for the plugs as well. Yeah. Um, so tell everybody where they can find more information about what you guys, what you guys are doing, and what's coming up for you. Uh, well, for starters, I am I do film reviews as well. I'm the the film guy for Next Level Radio. I'm also the co-host and uh, co-producer for our flagship show, which is the Showcast, which is a weekly pop culture podcast. Uh, we do box office results, DVD movie releases, pop culture stories, celebrity interviews, uh, a couple past interviews we've just done, Kevin Durand from The Strain, uh, and my mind is completely blanking on, um, <laughs> you mentioned Lucky Yates from Archer, and uh, you just did Shannon Sossaman. Shannon Sossaman from Wayward Pines, also, Godfrey yeah. from uh, Bullseye on Fox, uh, some upcoming ones that we have in the works right now, uh, uh, Tom Papa, who's a comedian and hosts that show Boom on Fox. Uh, a big get for us right now that we're working on solidifying a time is Zach Levi from Chuck. That's awesome. Um, which, going back to our Comic-Con convent, uh, conversation, if I were to do anything, I'd rather go across the street to Nerd HQ, which is the big panel thing that he hosts. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I'm sure I'll talk to him about when we get the chance to talk to him. Uh, but we can be found at nextlevelradioonline.com. All of our podcasts and interviews and Film reviews and trailer reviews and everything is on their site. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at NXT Level Ben. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search Next Level Radio under podcasts. And uh, oh, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Next Level Radio Online. And what was that? What was that website again? Next Level Radio Online dot com. Next Level Radio Online dot com. That would be it. Excellent. Well, great. It was a pleasure to have you on. Awesome. I hope to get to do it again. And for everybody else here, like I said, this was episode 18. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next month. Night. 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 Let's open up a box. Yay. Kitten.